This has been Brode, and you're watching Born to be Wild. Greeting, traveler. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of Born to be Wild, a wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends, talking about the wild format of Hearthstone and showcasing members of the wild community. I'm your host, Nate Wolf. We have a little bit of a different lineup tonight. Uh, Hydralisk is on vacation. Mike Lowe is, uh, is uh, having some technical difficulties, and so I've got two of my other favorite people here joining me today. Uh, so Electric Sheep City, welcome to the show. It's good to have you back. I like howdy, your howdy. shirt. I like your shirt, by the way. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Great so, to be here. Super cool. And of course, uh, we were talking some shaman tonight. So I reached out to resident shaman expert Blue Train to uh, fill in as well. So welcome back to the show. It's really good to have you. And uh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for joining us last minute. I really appreciate that. Uh, and then our special guest this evening is Sneaky Pete. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Nate. Really excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, if, for those people, I guess, who are not as familiar with you, um, could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, as much or as little as you're willing to share, kind of like how long you've been playing Hearthstone, why you like Wild, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. so I'm uh, not a longtime player. I think Witchwood might... My, my, Witchwood's when I think I started because my Blizzard app got frozen with that background forever and only like just updated the last expansion, <laughs> but kept me reminded of when I started. And I was a guy, you know, like I was a casual MTG player back in the day. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember being like, gosh, I miss, you know, the card stuff and and stumbled on Hearthstone and, and jumped into it and already had the Blizzard app. And so um, got into it. And, you know, I was a real casual like hunter main guy for a long time. And then you know, eventually kind of not free to play, but I'd buy, you know, when they threw an expansion deal at me, I couldn't refuse. I'd, I'd buy some cards and, you know, it just started getting kind of progressively more and more into the game. And, and then finally understanding it more and looking at the reddits and, and, you know, starting to view some videos. And, um, and at some point, uh, you know, I remember standard getting sort of so, you know, fix the right word, but just like, I've always enjoyed kind of playing decks that I had sort of steered or felt like I'd influence so not always strictly net decks maybe and uh, I just didn't feel like there was a lot of space and standard for that and so I ended up playing around in wild and um, I think about the time shutter rotated uh, I think that was the deck I ended up kind of following that into wild so I could mess around for a while and finding you know wasn't as oppressive um, as I had thought it would be and, and the, the, the deck varieties were really interesting and there were all of these old cards that I hadn't really come across before because I'd always been a standard player and so I just kind of got hooked in, you know, I tend to sort of ladder in both, but, you know, have just somehow sort of become a, uh, a wild, mostly player, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I love it. And, and, you know, just learning and, and trying to come up with new things and, you know, and, and I think it's really fun seeing how, you know, even the standard meta, especially the last few sets have really shifted, um, wild in some pretty mm -hmm. interesting ways. It's been fun to be along the ride for that. Yeah, definitely. So where did you and I meet? Was it just on ladder? 
I think do we I have we just queued in? Yeah, I think we queued in together. And you know, I I tend to like if I have a good game with somebody, or mm. sometimes like I'm playing a similar deck, or you know, I'll often like hit that friend thing to see what happens and just hey, good game, somebody and. Um, so I think that's how we met. I think that's right. And I, I, Wild has, at least in my experience, has been a very welcoming community. I, I mean, I think the other piece of it is I tend to ladder, for me personally, I tend to ladder pretty late at night. It's usually my like 8, 8 p.m. to midnight p.m. my time. And I swear, like you and I were just always on at the same time. And it was, yeah, oh, I think oh hey, right. how are yeah. you? Hey, what's going on? And we just <laughs> chat because we were always on at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you mentioned you did a podcast. I was like, what? There's podcasts? So I'm like, <laughs> Hearthstone, how did I not know this? And then I... I blessed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I, I've learned even more recently. So it's been great. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, I'm very excited to have you tonight. Um, there, uh, Yeah, so if you're new to Hearthstone podcast, there are lots and lots and lots. There are not very many wild exclusive ones. In fact, I think that it is pretty much us and the Hearthstoners, and I think that's about it. Um, and so, I don't know, everybody Everybody likes Standard, and I think Standard is cool. Standard is fine. <laughs> um, that's kind of where I go when I'm done laddering for Wild, uh, in Wild for the month. But um, we'll see. Uh, we definitely have some fun things to talk about tonight. I, we... Um, some folks have been asking us to chat about the wild meta a little bit. And I think that's one of the segments we've been talking about adding to the show. So it'll be some interesting discussion, uh, particularly about dark, dark glare, uh, warlock tonight. So little, everybody's, um, <laughs> uh, what do you call, uh, least, least favorite to play against deck on the ladder at the moment. So good. Going to make for some good except conversation. For, except for Ghoul Daniel. Sorry, Ghoul Daniel. You're alone on that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Sneaky Pete, uh, we ask we ask folks typically when they come on, um, how did you come up with your username? Like, is there a funny story behind it, or or is there? A... Yeah, that's fun. I really wish there was. I I want to say I got you know I played a lot of StarCraft in college, and I think. It's not a great story. I think that that was like a nickname I had in college. And so when I set up a Blizzard account, I set it up under that. And then I've just, you know, I've just played. And it's not a name. Like, I always feel like, like, every time I lose, I feel a little bad. Because I'm like, oh, they cued into me and expected some tricks. And I didn't pull them out this time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's just, that's what I had forever. And I just never felt like changing it. And, uh, you know, don't seem to offend anybody. So. Oh, it's all good. Do you play anything, uh, any other games or any other systems or anything besides uh, Hearthstone? Um, you know, so some console stuff, and I used to play a lot of console stuff. And I think one thing, you know, maybe just, you know, not being super young anymore, I found that, like, if I was doing Call of Duty or, you know, whatever, like, I had trouble sleeping sometimes. Like, it was really causing me, you know, some of, like, the, the real, like, twitchy games were causing some issues so i moved to strategy and then man like hearthstone's been awesome like it's just something for me like a lot of the times at the end of the night that i like to really unwind with so i will play other stuff love playing stuff with the kids um sometimes but i think like hour wise this has been my game for a while yeah oh i think there's um you know part of the beauty of it is you can play for you know 15 20 minutes you can play for three hours or 10 hours or whatever <laughs> um and uh i feel you there i've been playing the last of us 2 
lately and I love the game. The storytelling is phenomenal, but the game is so intense that like I can't play it for hours at a time. Like I can play it for maybe an hour or so and it's like, okay, all right, I need to chill for a little while. God, I feel it's like embarrassing to admit that, but um, it's, it's intense. I don't know. And maybe yeah. I'm just getting, maybe I'm just getting old. Well, and in general, there's something kind of relaxing about, you know, almost solitaire like of Hearthstone where, you know, you can drag the, the cards on, onto it. Whereas something where you're shooting them up is, uh, gets the adrenaline pumping a little bit more. Right. Right. Unless of course you're playing an APM deck, like <clears throat> Dark Cleric Warlock. oh god that's funny uh yeah no that's true i have to remind myself often that like i guess my tendency is to play turns very quickly and like you really don't have to do that you've got a minute and a half you can take your time and think through things like i don't know or typically and, and i do not recommend doing this but what i like to do is i'll play i've got two monitors and so typically i've got hbo or netflix or or something like some tv playing on on one monitor and then hearthstone on the other one mm-hmm. and for my um my like add adh brain like loves that to have the like split attention um i i, I don't recommend it it's probably so you're a roper <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> I don't. I have found like I, but I have learned. I like to do the same thing. I don't do that when I'm laddering. I've like learned my lesson. Unless it's a meta, like I know back and forth. Like I can't, I can't do that anymore, and not find myself making little mistakes. See, yeah. if I've got Twitch on one side where I'm like engaging on chat, then I'm a roper because like I'm more engaged with what's going on on, on the other monitor. Whereas if I'm watching Netflix or whatever, like, yeah, I kind of look over, but then whenever it's my turn, it's like real quick, easy, boom, 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 switch back over, let them do their thing, right? Right. Um, but yeah, Twitch is much more engaging, and uh, th- then I end up roping a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's for sure. I I keep thinking about doing it. Um, I don't know. Uh, Sheep, how long have you been uh, streaming for? Um, about a year off and on, um, uh, the past week or two have kind of been off, um, because my AC has been down until, uh, yesterday. <laughs> so that's been a, yeah, don't try and stream with AC off. Um, it, it just goes bad for everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, about a year. Okay. And I know Blue Train, you've been doing it kind of sporadically a, a lot less in the past, but recently you really kicked it up. So, um, what do you think? Every now and then. I like doing it when I feel like it. I, I worry for myself that if I turned it into a regular thing, like it would take some of the fun out of it. Um, so for, I don't know, for me, it's like, okay, you know, I do it here and there whenever I feel like it. And it's very seldom, but I like doing the show every Friday. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a labor of love. It's, it's mm-hmm. hard work. The lights, just having the light on in your face so that you get a decent profile shot. It's brutal. Yep. Um, and uh, I salute uh, all you guys that do it regularly or semi-regularly. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's certainly a much tougher gig than I think you might realize at first pass. It, uh, Especially if you're 100%. interacting with chat and still performing decently in game. And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard work. Yeah, well, that's why I I think that 
Uh, Sheep and I have been talking offline like this week about the idea of switching. Like I, I, I use a blue screen uh, or a green screen rather. And there I've got two giant bright lights up on either side of me and they get hot and they're bright, like right in my face. And I, then when I watch someone like Mike with his like led cool background or burnt or someone like that, that's just got lights in the background kind of going. Um, I like that. That's cool. And you've got like all your star Wars and Harry Potter, Legos, Spider-Man. I see, uh, I see, a. I see a Boba Fett slave one, an X-Wing, a Death Star. I think I see Ric Flair back there. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that's cool, right? And it's, it's interesting. We were talking about the psychology of it a little bit, right? Where it's like, hey, you are inviting people into your house, right? Into your space. Um, And I think that's pretty cool where I am like, you know, a floating head here. And I'm I'm in Scholomance Academy, but it's uh, <laughs> I, I, so I'm thinking about trying something like that. Um, we'll see. Anyways, totally off topic, but uh, um, anyhow, uh, before we get too much further into the show, um, I wanted to give a big shout out to our patrons, uh, especially Shokunin, who is the executive producer of our show. Thank you so much, just for the. Um, uh, encouragement that you provide uh, and the financial backing. Uh, he is sponsoring one of our giveaways today and um, helps keeps, keep the lights on. And uh, we really appreciate that. And to all of our other patrons, thank you so much for contributing. A very kind of you. Um, that being said, how, how was your guys' week? Whether it's kind of Hearthstone or personal life, how are you guys doing? Um, let, me, let me start out with Sneaky Pete. How are you, how are you hanging in there this week? Yeah, I mean, so, oh, right? I mean, it's 2020. I think you could be a real rough day. <laughs> yes. Every... That sort of becomes the mantras. It's like, you know what? You're just, we're just, I think what I try to say, you know, you're just surviving until the next month, next year. And then, you know, you're hoping life picks back up. So. I feel There's you there. There's so much going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blue Train, how are you doing? How was your week this week? It's all right. Hectic. Work is crazy. We just acquired another organization, so we're going through the whole merger and acquisition thing. Don't don't try that at home. Hearthstone-wise, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, I'm going to have a lot to say on the meta, but all things aside, I've uh, been maintaining leaderboard on NA and, a- and EU on uh, the wild ladder. I think I just lost leaderboard today through decay on NA, um, but uh, definitely a successful month. And not just doing try-hard stuff. Uh, EU is mostly with Odd Shaman, which is a deck that uh, is quite good. Um, and uh, yeah, just going to try to hold those leaderboard finishes uh, for three days and see what we can do there. You yeah. get that 11 star for sure. Yeah, but yes. You know, f- funny you say that. So when I climbed on EU this month, which was middle month, I had the 11 star bonus and the queue times were brutal. Like I, I spent more time in queue than I did in game. Because all the 11 star people, I guess, hit legend day one or two or something. I, I, I don't know how it works, but uh, people who ladder late in the month tend to have longer queue times now with the 11 star modifier. Interesting. I don't know. I haven't been very motivated to like 
try. I don't know. I I hit legend super early again, and then I kind of goof off the rest of the month, which is fine. But it, um, I don't know. I haven't wanted to like grind super hard in that top two hundred. I mean, I'm super impressed with what you've been doing. Uh, don't get me wrong. I and same. I used to have a lot of anxiety about um, like ladder anxiety. And now I don't. I mean, what has it been? Five months, six months in a row now hitting legend real early every month. And okay, cool. I guess I'm good at the game now. Like uh, it's, and I don't, I don't worry as much. And it's, it's a lot less. Um, I don't know what the right word is. Stressful, I guess. That it's, it, it definitely feels obtainable because hey, I just need 15 wins instead of 25. And um, I don't know. I guess I'm more confident in my ability. But when you start getting, especially where I was at in Legend, like I'd win a game and I'd gain 20 points and I'd lose a game and lose like 60. And it's like, good Lord, what's the incentive to play? You know, and I want to, at that point, like I achieved what I was aiming to achieve. And um, now if I want to have fun, like playing fun decks, I'm just going to dumpster super hard. And so what I've been doing is I'll play wild until I hit legend and then either play wild casual or switch over to standard. And so I spent half the month playing um, big recruit warrior in standard and I had some absurd like 80% win rate or something. It was super fun. I mean, I at like diamond 10 maybe right now, but it's uh, it's fun. I, I never thought that I would find myself saying that I'm going to lose my wild card right now, but <laughs> I still get ladder anxiety worse uh, than ever. I, I don't, I don't know what to do about that. I've been spending quite a bit of time the last few days, just playing against friends, uh, basically taking turns being the dark glare warlock, just trying to find an answer. Find answer. Yeah. yeah. And, and we've, I'll save that for the meta segment, but uh, interesting data, interesting takeaways that I think that shatter a lot of assumptions that uh, that people had. And but you know what, I will say this: even though the reason we're doing it is somewhat irritating, I actually quite enjoy playing friendly games against my friends. Uh, I've played, I, I did some series with Shiwanessa, Gul Daniel, Three Yanura. Um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget some other folks, but I actually think that's probably more enjoyable than any other Hearthstone experience I've had this month. And so, you know, something to, to consider if you want to change it up, you know, well, and I play I a series against a friend. I hadn't considered it and maybe we should do some kind of segment like that. And not, not saying tonight is the night, but I wonder if we do one of those like know your enemy type, uh, segments where, you know, how do you beat Darklet? You know, Darklair Warlock. How do you beat Odd Warrior? How do you beat Reno Priest? Um, that would be two really... of those have answers. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out. I figured out the solution to beating Darklair Darklair Warlock. It involved purchasing Divinity Two for the Switch and not queuing ladder. <laughs> and, and I am pleased to report it is working out. All oh, right. You know, yeah, I. Yes, yes. I'm kind of in the same boat where um, I buy, you know, I don't know, I, some stuff on Steam for sure, but I'm a big fan of GOG and they just had a giant sale. They have giant sales like every other day, but they had a giant sale on all the um, Darksiders games. Uh, 
And so I got all four games for like 20 bucks or something. And uh, I've been playing through the first one. I'm probably about two thirds of the way through maybe. And like, it is just mindless, fun action, butts and mashing. Um, and it is not Hearthstone. Uh, and I've been having a really good time playing it. But I mean, I'm still playing. I'm still playing Hearthstone every day. But it's uh, it's definitely good to, at least good for me mentally to like get away every once in a while. So I don't know. Anyways, I I, I find myself frequently going down um, rabbit rabbit holes. So I I apologize. Uh, sheep, how was your week? I, you are kind of near this, this hurricane that's happening. I'm glad that it missed you. Yeah. yeah. So it was about like, gosh, less than a hundred, um, miles from, from here, like, uh, the, the outer edges of it. Um, so thankfully didn't hit me. I hope that everyone who was affected by the hurricane, um, is, uh, safe and recovering, um, both mentally and physically. Uh, my week has been very hot. Um, the, uh, AC in the second floor, which is where I am now, you know, with the, the kind of studio type stuff, um, has been out and I live in Texas. So it has been hot up here, um, pretty much at like noon or one, uh, cause right now I'm working remotely. Um, I have to, uh, head downstairs and work on a laptop because it's literally over 90 degrees Fahrenheit inside. So no breeze, nothing. Um, so it's been hot, and because of that, I've been playing um, a lot less Hearthstone. Um, actually, because of something we'll talk about in the news, um, the lack of updates to uh, Arcane Tracker um, have made it to where it's less fun to engage in Ladder in particular. So I've been playing a little bit less, uh, more uh, Battlegrounds, but still haven't been playing a ton of Battlegrounds either because, I mean, not really my thing quite as much. Um, it's fun. I enjoy it, but anytime I sit down with Battlegrounds, it's like, oh, this is going to be like a 20, 30 minute ordeal, uh, versus a ladder game, which if I'm playing a control deck, I know what I'm getting into, but I can make that decision, right? (laughs) Um, so it's been pretty hot up here, but pretty good. Um, the uh so since there's been less mobile uh hearthstone i've been doing a lot of things like in the yard and just kind of like around the house get, getting things up and ready um and luckily i've been uh avoiding a bit of what a uh, blue train and, and and i will probably talk about here shortly in the meta segment <laughs> all right good times uh for me also uh it's been a it's been a good week kind of uneventful um i have to show you i got my other shirt so have this uh beautiful let me move this thing here but uh oh i like that that's nice so, i like that one a lot that is really slick I, I i was excited to see how these all come uh would turn out so big shout out to to wildcard um who who put together the store for us and uh his wife has a, a shop called spangle custom apparel that we do all of our merch through and so we've been experimenting with different um different colors and, and, and logos and everything. And so, um, yeah, it's, it was, it was, I don't know. I was excited to see, cause you can pair all the different colors with all the, like uh, you can have the logo either in full color or in black or in white, and then any different 
color shirt to go with it. And they're really, yeah, I don't know. It's soft, very comfortable. So uh, sorry to, to be like pushing the, the merch, but like, I'm just so excited about it. Um, and so. it looks sick too. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm a big black t-shirt fan. Uh-huh. And I do think that my next one, instead of being like the, the full color, is going to be that, that white. Uh, on the the black t-shirt like Ooh, that's gonna look sick that's look gonna cool. look sick. Uh, yeah i prefer i prefer mostly black everything uh but i wanted to get the color ones just to see and yeah. i have been so pleasantly surprised with how everything has turned out like they just look cool so that has been good for me um i had some minor medical like outpatient surgery where i got i had some um they call it a, a lipoma. It's basically like a fatty, like little lump under the skin. I had a couple of those removed um, on my upper back and on my abdomen area. And so my st- I've got stitches right now and they're itchy and they're sore, um, but I'm doing okay. So if you see me squirming, it's because like my back is rubbing against the chair and it hurts, but I'm doing fine. Um, I'm glad you're okay. And I'm glad that it seems like it was a relatively um, painless, relatively <laughs> surgery. Oh yeah. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it's all outpatient all in all. It took like half an hour, you know, and typically they're non, it's, it's not a big issue. Uh, but anyways, yeah, no, everything, everything is good. Aside from that, it's been a good week. Um, we, I don't know, just everything with the show has been exciting. Uh, we've got some fun things in store that we're, we're trying to kind of uh i guess get ready for the future so um <laughs> gobbledygook says come on you know you got a vasectomy it was i, I didn't want to go out and say it on the show but i guess since you brought it up i had a uh penile reduction uh it was just too big <laughs> i was having a hard time walking and uh it was it's more manageable now no i'm just that's joking. why you're squirming <laughs> 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 so no i i've uh i've so i've got some stitches i i had these little these things and one of them was rubbing against my ribs and it was hurting and the other one was rubbing against when i sit in my office chair it was like rubbing against um the the chair back at just the right angle that was driving me crazy and so um it got them taken out and yes yeah, it's, it's fine i uh did not anticipate the recovery time being longer. Uh, I forgot that stitches hurt. And when they cut open your body, that doesn't feel very good when it heals. Um, it never, it never (laughs) kind of heals perfectly. There's always going to be scar tissue. Like when I stream for several hours towards the end, I'll be moving around a lot, uh, readjusting and people sometimes ask why you move around so much. Are you okay? And it's like, I've had, quite a few surgeries on my stomach over the years and and i'm right now trying to sit extra still for the sake of the show but uh <laughs> you know if there were small incisions it's probably fine but scar tissue kind of you know makes it tough to 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 kind of sit still and at ease you know you're constantly having to to to, to deal with uh, the 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 scars so um yeah hopefully hopefully they were small and laparoscopic and yeah, I mean, you know, you'll be you'll be back to normal in no time. It should be. I I think by early next week I should be back to mostly normal. Each incision was about maybe an inch. Um, I, I, I just wiggle around because of my ADHD. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, same, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, it's all. Well, good. I'm amongst. I then I can feel like I'm in a safe space to 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 move around and 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 try to stay uh, comfortable. Then. Well, definitely. And I guess you know we've. I think the the last or the vast bulk of of folks uh, listening or watching this, I think more people listen on the audio podcast. So maybe nobody's watching at all. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, hey, so one of the things that we've been doing on the show is to shout out new wild legends. It's always very exciting to um, you know have people join those ranks, and so I've got four of them tonight. That's very exciting. Uh, so the first one up is JVJD, uh, achieved first legend. Um, this is earlier this week with Kingsbane rogue 23 to 13 from diamond four to legend with Corbett's, uh, Kingsbane rogue. So that's super cool. Very excited. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I hang out with JVJD a lot in streams. I, I never realized this was his first legend. So I was super excited when, uh, he was broadcasting it. I think we were all on concerned mom's chat oh that's, that's really cool. cool i had no idea congrats yeah yeah i'm i'm stoked for him and i'm a big king's Bane supporter so it was nice <laughs> that it was accomplished with an honorable deck I like <laughs> or it. what passes I like for honorable today in the wild metagame <laughs> nice uh okay next up is mario albasar uh after two year, two and a half years of playing finally stopped playing meme meme decks for a while and made it to legend with raza priest uh so that's super cool is not an easy deck to to pilot i think it is one of the more skill intensive decks a lot of decisions to make and so uh, that's exciting very cool uh congrats. very yeah congrats the next one up a near and dear to my heart dizzy dwarf first time legend finally did it thank you uh to all the supporters although he played dark <laughs> dark Dark Lair Warlock. So <laughs> ah, it's fine for the first time. We can overlook it. I'm I'm so excited for him though because um, he and I did a few kind of co-op slash coaching sessions a while back, nice. um, and and for the last like gosh probably three months in a row like he keeps hitting D one or like getting up to the oh, final so boss close. you know and, and like missing it at the last minute and so I'm so happy for him to finally. Um, you know, push that last little bit, and, and that's exciting. So, very happy for him. Such a weight lifted off to, off your shoulders. The first time you hit it, it's like there's no pressure to do it again, right? There and really isn't. I mean, doing it, then there's a pressure to continue doing it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's. I think Nate and I are in that camp now. Like, Same. you know, they changed the ladder, and all of a sudden, expectations have have shifted and we're applying yep. these standards to ourselves that we never did and it's i can't speak for you nate but it's driving me absolutely batty yeah i i i can speak to that as well um if i don't hit legend in both standard and wild then i, I kind of feel like oh no what have i done <laughs> where's where's the month gone right i i mean and i think for me personally it's like hey do i did i just lose my street cred like uh and I mean, of course not, right? But at the same time, I feel sort of obligated. Like, hey, I'm running this wild show. I probably should be hitting Wild Legend, and I, I don't think that that's always um, realistic. Although I'm very happy with the changes to ladder, where I think it's achievable now. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. Uh, one more, one more. We've got. Uh, so the final one up is uh, from our Born to Be Wild Discord. It's um, 
catharsis. First time wild legend, first time double legend in the same month. And uh, that's super cool nice. as well. So Congratulations, Catharsis. And I look forward to eventually playing you in THL. Double Legend Standard Wild or Wild on two different servers? I imagine Standard Wild, same server? Uh, I believe it's Standard and Wild Legend in the same, yes. Nice. Yeah. Since they said first time uh, Wild Legend, that's my assumption as well. Ah, yeah. okay. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we yeah. should read the tweet. <laughs> uh, then for those of you watching or listening, um, Sneaky Pete is with us. He had to he had to take a real quick phone call, and he'll be he'll be right back. Um, but yes. Uh, anyways, we have some news uh, that we we always try to cover whatever sort of Hearthstone related news, particularly if it is uh, wild related. Um. If it is not wild related, we'll still cover it, but we kind of uh, blaze through it a little bit faster. But uh, I will get started. So first up, uh, there is a new animated short. It is a series of animated Warcraft shorts uh, that just premiered yesterday uh, at Gamescom 2020. The animated series precedes the next World of Warcraft expansion called Shadowlands, which uh, launches on October 27th. So uh, this is super cool. Um, I'm excited to watch. And I, one thing that I didn't realize until uh, I had looked into it a little bit is that they've done these animated shorts in the past uh, for other WoW expansions. And I just had no clue. Um, but as we, we, we've started to hang out with Goliath more and more and learn more and more about the lore, like I just eat this stuff up. So I can't wait to, I have not had a chance to watch this yet. Um, but I'm really excited. I, uh, God, if they made like a full on cartoon, I would be in geek heaven. Uh, so I don't know. Have you guys had a chance to watch this at all? I have not seen it yet, but I would definitely watch a cartoon or anime or whatever. Of, uh, wow. Or Warcraft, uh, lore in a heartbeat. So I'm definitely going to check this out because, um, the more that I know about the characters that I already know about through Hearthstone, the better. How about you, Blue Train? I, I have not watched it yet. I will. Uh, I like all of the little shorts they put out. Uh, I wasn't a super big fan of the last Bio expansion, but the uh, the little short they put out with Sylvanas and, well, spoiler alert, burning the, the, the tree was pretty sick, so I imagine this one's going to be equally cool. They I... always make good quality stuff. I heard yeah. that this one had to do with, um, like the, I guess the afterlife. At least this first episode is with Uther and um, uh, Arthas, the the Prince Arthas who turns into the Lich King. So, I yeah, I don't know. It should be really cool. Um, Pete, you bet. You said you're back. Yep, I am back. Very cool. Have you had a chance to to watch these at all? No, I haven't actually watched. They don't show up in the Blizzard feed. I don't always see them right away. Yeah, I don't know. This one like snuck into my Twitter feed, and I happened to see it and was like, "Wait a minute!" I got all excited at first because when I saw this, I, it, it's it calls it a quote unquote original animated series, and of course my mind jumps to like Batman the animated series or one of these, and yeah. I thought it was like a full on like, "Oh, we have ourselves a new anime here or a new cartoon here," and I 
was so excited. And then I started digging into it and found, oh, it's just a series of animated shorts to get ready for this new Warcraft expansion. Oh, oh. I thought it was like a TV show. Um, More importantly, I wonder if the pre-order is going to have a card back like Battle for Azeroth did. Yeah, I don't know. I still haven't bought it yet. I... I can't bring myself to spend 40 bucks on a card bag for a game that I don't play, but I really like, I don't know. I still want it. <laughs> That's pretty I, I sick. Would like, I would like to take a moment to appreciate that you said snuck into your, your uh, Twitter <laughs> when you were speaking with Sneaky Pete. <laughs> we will insert as many uh, puns as possible. So... We'll see. I yeah. I always love. I always love when there's a some kind of in-game uh, something, especially for Hearthstone. So yeah, I liked well, when they were doing the card backs for for the BlizzCon virtual tickets and stuff, and, and then they started doing the you know exclusive gold card. Um, they always get me with that. I know. Me too. Me too. Well, your wish, your wish is uh, their command. I think you're going to get a lot more of that sort of thing with the battle pass that's coming out soon. It sounds like it. Too. Yeah, and honestly, the the paid version. I know that we don't have battle pass on our um, uh, news agenda, but um, in general, like having the cosmetic and gold versions of like non gold things that that the non paid ba- version of the battle pass gets mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense and like just seems like a really good fit. Um, I definitely think that some tweaking needs to be done to make sure that, you know, people are getting as much gold and or as many packs um, out of the battle pass as possible. And I hope and have faith that they're tweaking those appropriately. But in general, man, if we can get as many cosmetics, like for the, what, $10, $20 for, for a season, um, I mean, I'll pay it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think... Someone tweeted, maybe it was Ixar, uh, that the non-paid version will provide comparable rewards. I mean, the devil's yeah. in the details, and we'll see. But, I mean, if they can maintain parity, it's not like they'd have to do a whole lot. I mean, let's be honest. When's the last time, other than maybe expansion release day, that you saw the message that you've exceeded your 100 gold limit? About so. About three or four times a month. It's more than most. That's a uh, lot more than me. Yeah. Over the weekends, I play a lot. Um, yeah, I was <laughs> going to add it and I forgot, but let me do it real quick because I um, and I really I try hard to um, I really try hard to stay off of Reddit because I end up just getting like frustrated. <laughs> um, yeah, Reddit but... is a time warp for sure. <laughs> You'll look up and it will have been three or four hours. But here is a um, a quote here from Ixar on Reddit about this uh, very topic, uh, about the battle pass. I know people have been worried about, um, am I going to lose value? You know, I just play kind of casually. I'm usually able to save up between five and 10,000 gold between expansions. And so this is his quote. Like someone had, had uh, posted on Reddit kind of complaining about all this. And so I'm just going to read this verbatim. Uh, Ixar says, assuming you play the same amount and have the same quest completion rate, you shouldn't earn less gold or non-gold in the new system. In nearly all circumstances, you should be earning slightly more gold and more non-gold packs, etc. Our plan is to remove rewards from quests 
though the experience you earn per quest on the average will net you as much or more reward as quests give you now. Something that has come up a lot is the idea that you will no longer be able to obtain the packs you want on day one and instead will get a quote-unquote drip feed of packs over the expansion. While you will receive rewards as the expansion goes on, the gold you earn per expansion should remain relatively flat from what you earn now. This should make your ability to buy packs on day one similar to what you get now, but with more non-gold rewards added on top. Our intent with the system is for it to be... uh, is for it to be uh, upside for all players. We've done many checks on different player segments to try and make sure uh, that is the case no matter how you play. Despite all of this, we're making XP per level and XP bonuses as tuning knobs. In case our predictions were incorrect, we can push legendary quests or give out additional rewards during events as well. And then he, he puts source, countless hours spent staring at an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet trying to get this right. And so long story short, uh, at least what what he's saying is you will at least earn what you get right now, if not more. And so I think that's good. I mean, I know everybody is skeptical and it is what it is. And I think that we just need to trust the process and let it be. I mean, nothing that we do or say is going to change it anyhow. So let's, I guess, see what happens. Um, um, I, I completely maybe. agree. Oh. I, I think in particular, uh, one, we, we've seen a lot of really good things that they've been doing uh, to try and make it cheaper for us, like, you know, the um, no duplicate protection or du- no duplicate uh, protection <laughs> across uh, all rarities um, is amazing. Um, I will say that the, the one thing that kind of makes me a little hesitant to um, like be straight up cheering is uh, kind of that in nearly all circumstances, um, because uh, the the amount of experience for each level um, goes up once you hit certain milestones. Uh, so so people who play the game more than the average sheep like me um, will probably see their their gold kind of like maybe plateau and or dip a little bit. But also, if we're getting a ton of cosmetics on top of that, I'm also really happy about that. So um, I'm still kind of cheering, however much I understand why some people are, are, are a little bit uh, less enthusiastic, but that's that's just me. What I worry about, if, if you guys don't want me adding, is just, you know, for Absolutely. I think for most of us that are serious players, like this is already a $300 a year game. You know, if you buy sort of one set per expansion, one of the things, and maybe they trick you midway through the month by offering some unbelievable deal, <laughs> even if you're not putting other gold in, like it's already a $300 a year game every year and that's sort of like if you had ever asked me if i ever thought it enter a you know a stage in my life where i was paying that per game i said no you're crazy like that's for the little kids who are whales buying you know cosmetic whatever but we live in a, a loot box game right it's amazing but it's it's a loot box game and so you know does this new system make it a 450 dollar a year game or for you know like, is it just moving the needle a little bit because they can get that from us and that that's what i worry about a little bit is i mean am i going to feel like i'm not competitive i'm not buying this and am I now just throwing even more money into something that I already feel like a whale? You know, even though I think we all know we all know people that spend a lot more, right? But but like you know, I'm already like feeling like that. So yeah, I you're definitely with the whale club at the moment. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I think we you know we collectively have spent so much money on this game. If the battle pass for me is an extra twenty bucks or an extra thirty bucks, and it. 
I got the survey initially and it sounded like um, it was going to be quarterly, uh, but we'll see if, if it's, um, if it's, uh, you know, 20 or 30 bucks every four months, like, okay, I can eat that. If it's an extra 20 bucks a month, like, eh, I, I probably spend way more than 300 a year. I hate to say it, but, uh, it's for yeah. me, it's probably like 300 in expansion, but like, geez, I, so now that I say that out loud, like it makes me feel a little bad. <laughs> so the way that I read it, it kind of seemed like it was um, like one battle pass per expansion cycle. So three times a year. Okay. Right? That's not too bad. So 20 bucks uh, for the paid aspect of it three times a year. I mean, to me personally, that's worth it. But I also, I don't know. I don't think that I pay $300 per expansion, but I definitely pay more than 200 So <laughs> um, I'm definitely with you in that that's very expensive. But also if I, like, if I'm engaging with it as much as I do, and, and I do, um, then I'm getting my money's worth because I'm engaging with it in, in a manner that I feel like it's worth it. Um, and if I get a whole bunch of cool, cool uh um, cosmetics to go with it i personally am happy yeah so if any of you've played paper card games like magic um there are people who spend more money on one expansion than we spend all ever year spent or <laughs> ever yeah. now i understand on that yeah it's not the same thing and there's there's arguments for and against i Look, I, from my perspective, it's if they manage to keep the unpaid version or the budget-conscious version comparable or better, mm-hmm. then I, I think I can live with it. Because my concern is that I'll probably, you know, waste my money on this. But I, I, I don't want this to become something that creates uh more of a divide between the free to pay uh free to play excuse me um and, and those who do invest i i want to see more people playing mm-hmm. the, those five minute cues never fun uh the more accessible when they make things more accessible i think the better off we are even if it's not perfect like the changes they made to ladder when they make the game less accessible then it drives players out this game will live or die based on um a vibrant and 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 if not growing then at least stable community completely agreed and to kind of yes and uh with what you're saying um the the paid version uh at the very least in the the mock-ups that we saw on uh, out of dot cards um, the only things that, that were different in the paid version were gold versions of non-gold things that, that you couldn't disenchant that you would get for the, the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, cosmetics. But here's the kicker that, that I think, however much I'm going to get it, so like it doesn't really affect me, but I do wish that they would change for the exact reason that you were saying to make it more accessible, experience boosts. I do wish and hope that they would keep those experience boosts kind of out of it and kind of have everyone at a level playing field. Um, because let's be real, you and I, we're probably going to get to the top of, you know, wh- wh- whatever ladder type system they include on there anyway. We, we play a lot, right? Uh, whether there's an experience boost or not. Um, so I wish that they would make that a little bit more equitable so that the only kind of 
changes that you get for a paid version are the cosmetics. Um, because I personally am going to pay for the cosmetics, period. Um, I just wish that the, the experience uh, boost addition to that kind of feels a little bit more pay to win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I agree with you. I, Perception's I guess we, everything. Even if it's yeah. not pay to win, if it feels like it's pay to win or creates a dialogue in that vein, you've already lost the, 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 the mind share of a segment of the player base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I, we could talk battle pass all night. So I'm just gonna <laughs> move us. I'm just gonna move us along a little bit. Um, cool. So next up is uh, let's see. Hearthstone released an article, um, and, and and again for any of you who are watching or listening, I'll have the links to all of these different things in the show notes. So when this comes out, you're free to read these for yourself and, and go into more depth than we're going into on the show. Uh, Hearthstone released a news article yesterday called Tales and Tidbits from the Hearthstone team on launching Skullamance Academy while working remotely. So while we are living in the age of COVID-19, they are doing the same thing. And so essentially, it's an article that says, uh, hey, here, here are kind of the difficulties that we went through in launching this expansion while working from home. Uh, the TLDR is that it required a lot of communication and a lot of coordination and it was not easy, but they did it. Um, so bravo to them. I mean, I think that this is kind of one of the more, um, dynamic sets that they've had come out in a long time in terms of new play styles, new, um, mechanics. There was, uh, the, the, like the theme to this or the, um, Oh, I don't know. You know, uh, I, I guess thematically is is very fun for a lot of people, myself included. And so, the fact that they were able to do this while working from home is pretty awesome. Um, I love this stuff. The inside baseball stuff. It it's it's interesting to learn more about the game. It's interesting to see how people function in this time in other organizations. There are two things that, uh, I don't want to get too off topic here, but there are two things that I take away from this. Um, my experience in, in working remotely 100% of the time, uh, when that wasn't the case, and um, just a general thought. So one, everyone that's saying that the office is dead are completely wrong. In fact, I predict that once we find a vaccine or, or a treatment or something that returns us to normalcy, you're going to see the pendulum swing completely in the opposite direction where people are going to go too far in bringing everyone back into an office-like environment. Second thing. Sorry. <laughs> Experiences. Yeah. The second thing is that engagement, communication, facilitation if you're ever on the job and someone says, oh, you just have to communicate to the stakeholder group, it's easy. Communication and engagement is never easy. It is never cheap. It is always difficult, and you have to do it in multiple ways. And the fact that they were able to turn out what I think is one of the better sets um, in this climate is really a testament to, you know, I'm sure they had their challenges, but the maturity of their engagement, communication, and process, I, I mean, it's 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 kind of insane that they were able to pull it off. I'm yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I work for a government agency and what we're seeing, uh, some groups easier than others, but a lot of folks are able to work from home rather successfully. And I, I'm in a leadership position. And one of the things that we keep talking about is... Um, 
hey, once, you know, once this is all quote unquote over, like there is a new normal. Like, I don't think that a lot of folks are going to be coming back to the office. Like we started asking, well, just watch. I bet it's going to, I mean, this is just my hot take. Everyone that's saying this is the new normal you're going to see the pendulum swing the other way completely. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I don't know. Our tech folks especially have all been working. Our ISD department has all been working remotely and their leadership was saying like, Hey, you know, once things slowly start to return to normal, we're thinking of still having our folks all work remotely or have one person in the office per, you know, per day and rotated each week. And we'll see. I mean, I, I think that that's smart. Uh, I was like historically. And then another team will will not have that luxury. They'll say, "Hey, how come the IT team gets to work from home and we don't?" And then and then the politics of humanity will will mm-hmm. take hold. Um, anyways, I I'm a bit of a pessimist here. I hope I'm wrong. You know, I mean, I think that people should have the flexibility in how they work and 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 whatnot. But I I also know that uh, as human beings, we're 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 a very special breed, aren't we? And I think that you're going to see uh, a, a reversal on that. I, is that what they call pulling a Yahoo? Like when that <laughs> CEO basically canceled all work from home? Yeah. Yeah, I know I feel you because my team are, are, are folks that have to primarily work in person and we have our own unique set of challenges and uh, I don't really want to talk about work anymore. <laughs> All right, sorry, but I, I, I really like this stuff, and and I applaud them for for being transparent about this. It's uh, it's really cool. I agree. I it agree. Is. I also really liked how they had um, like a different team members speaking to the like a whole bunch of the different aspects. So it wasn't just like here's what we did, like a top down approach of like kind of corporate speak, but it was a whole lot of different team members. And I thought that from like a a humanist point of view was like really cool and engaging too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me move on then. The next thing, uh, the next little piece of news was, um, let's see here. Ah, wrong one. Here we go. Okay. So there was a co-op between Hearthstone and a Brazilian comic called Monica Young Gang, uh, where they teamed up, and there was an article and they did a YouTube video and it was all in Portuguese. And so I'm sitting here freaking out, like, what is going on? What's happening? What is, there's this custom artwork. They're, they're doing a, a co-op. Like, what is this? Um, and I, I used Google Translate for all it's worth. Uh, but essentially what I can make of this is that they did a... Uh, basically it's just a promotional thing. These are not cards that are going to appear in the actual game, but they took these comic book characters and turned them into Hearthstone cards, Hearthstone characters, Hearthstone cards. The artwork is really cute though. It's really small, hard to see on the screen, but they took them and turned them all into like hero cards. The art for me and and as like a filthy uh, Westerner, like looks very reminiscent of like Archie to me. Um, but uh, I like the idea where they turned all, like all of these um, comic characters into like, hey, there is the main character Monica as a um, you know as a rogue or as a demon hunter or whatever that's supposed to be. Yeah, uh, rogue. Rogue probably. Uh, and so they did it for five or six. What is it? Different characters. That was cool. Um, and they released a, a short video and all of the um, high res art. And I thought that was kind of fun. So it doesn't look like anything that we'll actually see in game, but uh, was cute. I, 
I do hope uh, that, that this brings some kind of possibilities for alternate card art, um, uh, particularly with, you know, like the Battle Pass system that we were talking about, right? Um, if there are some that, you know, for example, in this one, have a little bit more of like a almost Harry Potter looking uh, uh, kind of like style of art, um, you know, alternate Swamp Queen Hagatha, I don't know, um, uh, or, or something like that, a uh, card art that, that's kind of reminiscent of those, um, that would be pretty cool. And the fact that they're engaging with different creators in these ways makes me a little bit more hopeful that we'll get some kind of interesting collaborations like that going forward. That would be fun. I mean, they did say, uh, I don't know if any of you guys got it. I got the survey that everyone was talking about. And I took the survey and the bulk of the survey was about um, cosmetics. And they had that spreadsheet that everyone's been talking about. That was part of it. But a a lot of it was geared towards um, cosmetic things, alternate card art for things, alternate card art for the coin, alternate card art for heroes that could upgrade throughout the month. So like there would maybe be three different forms of thrall or three different forms of Jaina. And you start out with this one and you upgrade it to the middle one and then you can upgrade it to the final one. Like that's kind of cool. I don't know what that really means. Um, You know, it's hard for me to picture. All I want is like, if I buy something, I want to keep it. Like, yeah, I don't want it to like go away at the end of the, um, you know, battle pass season or whatever, like, let me have it. Uh, so and I don't know. It gives me more choices is a good thing. In my opinion, you know how they did the random card back. Like if they could do a random, yeah. random hero art, that would be super cool. Cause, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just an idea. Uh, anyways, let's keep, let's keep moving on so we can actually get to our, to our deck this week. <laughs> but, um, so uh, the next up, I just want to touch on briefly, but I was excited to see it. Um, Imic, Imic is a friend of ours, and he wrote uh, an article. Uh, I say write very loosely because most of it was artwork, but he put together this article for Hearthbone, and uh, it's called Interesting Details, Stories, and Facts from the Skullamance Academy Card Arts. And um, this was kind of cool. And uh, it, it basically... Um, we had all been chatting about this stuff over the past couple of weeks, but we would see um, cards and then characters from cards inside other cards. Um, I, I don't have good examples with me at the moment, unfortunately, but you would see um, like, like Kelpazad inside of the sphere of sapiens, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think mind render Elusia is in one of the cards where she's with a Murloc and yeah. um who is it? Uh, the um, there's there's at least a couple others, and so this yeah, this article here basically um, gets a bunch of those cards that that shows cards within cards or the little storyline behind cards. You get like the the um, what is it? The broomstick that gives everything rush, right? is also pictured in the flying murloc card and then once the flying murloc like dies then you get his ghost and it's all the same broomstick like it's i think it's just cute stuff but it's really interesting to see how they work that stuff in behind the scenes um yeah so it's a really fun art article (laughs) (laughs) 
You've crossed the line, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I th- in a beautiful way. I appreciate it. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. I don't care what anybody says. I like it. Uh, now, here is... Um, okay, there's an answer about the Arcane Tracker. Now, this has never really affected me. I have iPhone and an iPad, but... This is one of the reasons why I, whenever I ladder, I only play on the PC because I like the deck tracker. Um, when I play on the iPhone or the iPad, like I'm playing Battlegrounds or I'm playing casual or something because you, there's no deck tracker support. And I think that you folks who use Androids have been able to use a deck tracker on those devices for a long, long time. And unfortunately, it sounds like it's going away. Uh, in fact, it's going away in like three days. So that's sad news. Yeah, I have to um, think someone will pick it up. Maybe. So, so some of the, the the ways that Android is changing, and and they uh, kind of explain it a little bit in in the announcement, um, is that uh, a lot of the back end is kind of going the way that iPhone is in the like different app permissions and whatnot. So they won't mm-hmm. be able to uh, read the uh, Hearthstone um, like data in the same way that they have been. So they won't be able to upload the the um, uh, replays they won't be able to kind of see what's going on uh, as well so kind of the the same scenario that iphone and apple products have been in android products are unfortunately going to be in as well and and this honestly is why whenever my ac was out i haven't been able to play or been as comfortable or enthusiastic about playing hearthstone on mobile whereas i used to be very enthusiastic about playing on mobile because I have an Android device and I, you know, would like, oh, that was a really cool game. Let me send that to my friend. Uh, you know, like, let, let, let me post that on my THL team discord, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I haven't been able to do that with the release of the Skolomance Academy cards because they haven't been able to update it since uh, late July. So before Skolomance rolled out. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, it's something that, you know, there's been moderate support until then but whenever android gets updated to 11 it'll all go by the wayside unfortunately bummer yeah it's too bad i i'm like nate i don't have any particularly particular affinity for apple stuff it's just what i'm accustomed to right this is the first month i actually laddered mostly on pc with deck tracker i usually just do it on my ipad with like nothing or like a scrap of paper so i mean (laughs) i i I could see why that using deck tracker is desirable even if you don't have the overlays and all the things the the data that it collects that you can review after uh 3e anura and I have made a lot of changes to his odd shaman deck because the data oftentimes, while it doesn't give you, you know, definitive insights, it sometimes can show you things that you didn't expect and and mm-hmm. and, and explore lines that you otherwise wouldn't have thought to uh, to consider. So it's it's unfortunate to hear that. Also, it's kind of unfortunate to hear that Android's going the way of Apple. I mean, like diversity is good like it's good to have different platforms that do different things not to have everything be this amorphous blob of like conformity so i, I don't recall yeah. exactly what permission change thing was going on um like as a whole they're not you know becoming apple right um but but something in the back end is kind of mirroring yeah. that so yeah. yeah it is unfortunate hey pete do you use a uh, deck tracker when you play 
You know, it's funny. I play on uh, on a laptop, a Mac laptop, and I don't. I have never used a deck tracker, which wow. uh, my my rankings might represent. But you know, if I'm laddering, I'm playing the same deck again and again and again. That's so true. I, you know, but, it, it isn't often a question of of you know. There are times like you play a Highland deck. I don't care how good you are if you're not taking notes. Like it can be hard to remember sometimes what you play. Oh, but it's not. It's not just about like what cards are left in your deck. Like with HS Replay, it'll start to tell you what your mulligan win rate is with certain cards, sure. what cards are performing well, what are not performing well. It, it yeah. is actually incredible. And that's that's what I like. I don't even care about the overlays and that sort of thing. It's it's that data. It it is it is bonkers. And it's what allows me to say that I've encountered Warlock sixty five percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, we, yeah, so no, I, I'm on the other extreme. I've never never used one. I don't you know, maybe if I get serious about laddering, you know, higher, like wanting to climb high legend, I you know, I, I think that that's one of the things that helps a lot. But that's yeah, incredible though, considering weapon. like you're hitting legend every month with no deck tracker. Like that's that's some true skill, I have to say. Well, or it's finding the right deck for the right meta at the right time, which is That's often true. the conversations you and I are having in the month, because especially mm-hmm. with a new system, I feel like like I'm usually, I'm running out of steam come Diamond 5, and there are times where it's up and down, up and down, up and down, which can just be agonizing, but you know, if you if you can take a deep breath, I think, and look at the meta and look at the decks and look where there's either space for play something that's either you know countering a top deck or play the top deck if you have to, um, you know, I think there can be space even without a product like that. Now, I have for sure lost games where, um, you know, I think some of that information would be helpful, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, it's not something I feel like I missed just having never used it, I guess is all I'll say. I like that point of view, though. Like, I hadn't considered it. I I enjoy it so much that I hadn't uh, thought about the flip side. Um, I do like the data. I... I <laughs> I'm sort of a numbers person at work and I enjoy having that kind of overview. And I will say like, it helped us make some changes. We pulled healing rain out of our big shaman deck because we realized that like the percentage of time between you drawing it and playing it and using it was had such a small impact on the deck as a whole. Like, all right, well let's throw something better in, but I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. They do make a version for Mac if you're interested, though. I don't want to get you hooked on it. <laughs> no, you know, I but like a version of that's like I'll go to HS Replay and I'll browse the free strat stats, and especially if I'm having trouble in the meta or understanding what it is, or I'm I'm trying to think through the deck I want to play, I will go look at the top wild decks for, for instance, Warlock, and and look at what the differences are, and then for me especially, I think without it is I for my play style maybe. I will understand sometimes that some of the changes I make, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit with the Shutterwalk stuff eventually, but you know, like I will actually try to make changes that suit my play style or my mulligan style. Um, maybe not having those percentages to tell me what's better, but like I still feel like I can get to a comfortable legend spot every month. I'm just never going to be top anything, right? Sure. I fight hard for that dumpster legend. And I (laughs) So one of the aspects of uh, Deck Tracker and HS Replay in particular that that I find really um, helpful is uh, honestly the the game-by-game replay, right? Um, Because whenever I'm looking at those, I can see what my reads were, whether they were accurate, like whether they had those cards in hand. Um, Obviously, if they never play them, then that, that information is not divulged. But 
if they do, then I can be like, okay, here was my read here. Was that right? And that helps me develop as a player um, on like a identifying what hand reading essentially, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and developing that skill more is something that took me from every once in a while hitting legend to hitting legend consistently, and that that was a, a pretty cool development personally. All right, it looks like our stream died, but it should be right back up. Um, anyways, well, let's, let's, um, jump over into a real quick meta discussion. We are an hour in, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I do think it's important to touch. Um, so what have you all been seeing? And let me just preface this to, um, uh, preface this with like, I hit legends so early this month. It was like right before Scalamance launched. I can't even mm-hmm. believe that it's been out for less than a month. Isn't that crazy? It feels like a long time, but, um, but I, and then I've kind of been like playing meme decks and stuff, um, on ladder. And so I don't have a good feel for it, but all I, I am constantly on the lookout for decks to post in our discord, um, and all I keep seeing over and over and over is Dark Glare Warlock and people comparing it as like, this is the new um, Darkest Hour. This is the new Naga Sea Witch. And I thought, oh, God, here it comes. Uh, someone mentioned today that it's a problem in standard, so it'll get a nerf, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. But um, We can hope. Um, what are you are guys you still... seeing? What are you guys playing? Like, I I don't know. I've queued up, and, I, and all I'm seeing is, is Reno Priest, so I don't know. Um, but I, I'm curious, you know, if you guys want to chat about this for a couple minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm so... Seeing, um, seeing more... Yeah, I've seen a little bit more Kingsbane Rogue than I have a Dark Glare Warlock, um, but I think that's because they are countering Dark Glare, right? Because they can beat them before Dark Glare can do the Dark Glare thing. Um, so I've mostly been playing like a Even Shaman, uh, just kind of trying to refine that a little bit more, um, and been pretty successful with it, like against Kingsbane Rogue, because that's most of what I'm seeing. Um, that said, Dark Glare is also very prevalent. Um, I have a much smaller sample size, and I look forward to hearing about uh, more of the meta from a, a larger sample size and a higher legend from Blue Train. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's very interesting. And Nate made a very edifying remark that it feels like Skolomance has been out forever. So the meta's been developing very quickly so when dark glare hit the scene initially it had it was like almost like an evolution of discard warlock and Mm -hmm. so the list was really unrefined and suboptimal and so people were saying oh it's not a problem aggro beats it kingsbane beats it but as the deck has refined the matchup spread has become more oppressive so things that we thought were favored against it are not like so if you look at the tempo storm meta report it'll say that king's bane is favored and i'm sure at that time that it was published it was but now it's not i i did oh gosh at least 15 games against shia vanessa who just completely bodied me and i was playing king's bane which is the deck that i had a lot of success with this month uh odd shaman which is a very burn heavy deck aggressive uh initially favored now 
not favored. Uh, and, and really, it comes down to two things. The, the deck executes its game plan consistently between turn three and five. So if you don't, if you're trying to race them, if you don't win the race by turn four, you pretty much lose. Broomstick is what really seals the, the, the game out because it basically acts as a full board clear. They'll drop the giants, they can efficiently trade, wipe your board, and then the next turn just go in for the one hit uh, or the one turn KO. And against control decks, what, what very skilled players tend to do is figure out ways to weave Lotheb into their combo turn to lock you out. And because they're doing this so early, you know, you can't play your Shadow Word Ruin. You can't play your Poison Seeds. So people in their Reno Priest decks are playing Wave of Apathy because it's one mana to try and stall them out of turns so that they can blow out the board the next, which is, by the way, why Reno Priest is one of the few decks that has game against Dark Lair Warlock. So, you know, the deck has really kind of established itself. And, you know, north of 200, which is what I've been seeing and watching other people playing, it's 60% plus Dark Glare Warlock. Um, the only other deck that I've seen others have success with, and I personally have as well, is Token Druid and Odd Warrior. Mm-hmm. And the thing with those decks is that while they consistently beat Dark Glare Warlock, the other decks that are kind of in the meta really consistently beat them. Uh, also, who wants to play Odd Warrior? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> it, button, so, button Warrior. Hey, let me let me be let me play Devil's Advocate just super quick, and I, I'm just this is just a a different point of view. I I wonder that it, like you're seeing this at sixty percent, but you're seeing this at sixty percent at top two hundred legend. Where I wonder when the deck or when the when the um, month resets, or I'm curious what folks at like Diamond Ten or Diamond Five are seeing. Where I think, especially your folks that are playing, they're really trying hard to refine that deck. Number one, and number two, like their skill cap is so much higher than like your average Joe Hearthstone player. Where I wonder if. Um, The deck is not hard to play. I think this is a misnomer that kind of circulated early on, because it kind of has the the swing turn where you have to play a lot of cards, and it seems it's really not complicated. It's just something that you have to get accustomed to sequencing. And I think you are going to see a lot of that deck on day one, because it executes its game plan so quickly. It's an ideal deck to climb with, whereas you said before, Nate, you play Reno Priest, it, it it's a bit of a slog because the mm-hmm. games tend to be longer. I think that the refinements are going to start trickling down and you're going to see more and more of it. And I think that people are going to be crying as much as I am and, and other players are before long. I mean, it's not to say that something else might not develop that counters it, but considering the amount of mana that it cheats in a given game, it's kind of really hard to see what can cheat more mana. I mean, you had Quest Mage that cheated a lot of mana with Sorceress Apprentice. This cheats even more efficiently with Dark Glare. I mean, every card you're, you're playing gives you two mana back it's like an infinite mana cycle and you're able to basically vomit out three four giants (laughs) on turn four what really makes it consistent and i'll i'll try to end the rant being conscious of time is that you know there are those will say well you have to draw the cards in order to execute the game plan and 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 this is true but the deck 
draws half of itself or more in the first three or four turns, it consistently executes that game plan. You've got Cobalt Librarian, Sense Demons, um, uh, what's it called? The deal one damage, draw a card, uh, Warlock spell. The... Oh, um, oh, 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 No, no, uh, the, the basic spell. Cobalt Librarian. There's Cobalt Librarian. There's the deal one damage if you kill a minion, draw a card. You've got Sense Demons. Or a coil, thank you. I'm getting old. Um, so it has so much cycle, so much draw that you just you, you you know you get through your deck. And interestingly, and, and this is my hot take, and I don't know if um, this will end up being correct, but I believe the way to beat the deck is to not outrace it, because there are two broomsticks in the deck, and broomstick is what really lets you deal with the early aggression, vomit out your giants, win the game. There's only one Lotheb. And so, you know, you basically are counting on them to, like, bottom, bottom deck Lotheb. And maybe you can, like, squeeze out the Poison Seeds or the Shatter Word Ruin or, or you know, the, the cheap AoE to try and, you know, survive and then ultimately run them out of resources and take the win. Interesting. To kind of, yes, and that from a, a lower Legend uh, point of view, right? Like, I hit Legend, what, the third, fourth of the month and then switched over to Standard, which I hadn't played at all. <laughs> in ages, uh, and only really kind of came back in the past week. Yes, I, I said that most of what I played against was Kingsbane, but it was probably about 67% Kingsbane, 33% Darklair uh, Warlock, right? Um, so essentially what I was seeing was Darklair and people trying to counter Darklair. Um, yeah. And this was at low legend, so I was, I was encountering people at also low legend and uh, high diamond. Um, so to kind of yes and, I'm seeing that that same uh, that, that that same thing that that Nate you were talking about. Uh, how is that affecting places that aren't top 200 legend? Mm -hmm. I can see the effects of that where I am in the meta as well. Interesting. Okay, good point. If I could add maybe yes, one please point. Do. No, no, yeah, add. It, please, is, uh... it seems like a slightly more refined discard warlock because you remember end of last month heading into this month, you you sort of saw the list polish this discard warlock which i think surprised a lot of us it's like why is zoo back why is zoo so effective why is zoo so fast but yeah. the dark lair was a problem but i really think that the other problem in some ways was just you know the lesson they've never learned you had a new giant that was very cheatable which is yes. the same thing that gave quest mage so much power so now you have a deck you know i look at i look at this version dark lair as really just another version of quest mage where you have a very strong, very consistent turn four to turn six win condition that can lock other decks out. Um, That's a it has drawbacks, right? It, it, yeah. it, you know, it's 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 burning through cards and it's burning through life. Which you know, if you look at it, it's also in some ways kind of another variant of what we dealt with with Demon Hunter, where the Warglaves gave it the ability. I mean, they were cheating cards, they were cheating life in exchange for tempo, and it was more than most decks could deal with before the nerf started rolling in. So that's. A little bit of what this feels like to me, um, and I think they pushed a lot of Quest Mage out because, in a lot of ways, it's a better version of Quest Mage. Which, you know, I don't want to get into. I will, my blood pressure will skyrocket. And uh, <laughs> um, the thing with so Quest it, Mage, yeah, yeah, the thing with Quest Mage is that aggro beat it. You know, Pirate Warrior was a thing because it just bodied Quest Mage. Problem with Dark Lair that, frankly, makes it even worse than Quest Mage and get your blood pressure medication well, I apologize is that it it really 
deals very well with aggro because you play all these cheap minions to execute your game plan and you just slam a broom down and just annihilate the aggro player's board. Well, so you then, know, it, it is aggro, right? I mean, like, like yeah, it, it is. It, it is an aggro deck. It's a better pirate deck. It's pirates, I think, with rush and with bigger bodies at a hit to life and at a hit to card count is sort of what it feels like. That's where they're they're trading off at. Um, and I, so I, it's super effective, you know. I agree. I think that's an excellent remark. It is an aggro deck, and and it wins. <laughs> in an aggro time frame and <laughs> i i yeah yeah it it it's the only thing that i will say in its defense is that at least it's over quick kind of yeah. like starliner <laughs> at its peak yeah yeah I, mean, I think it reminds me of the pirate warrior i think that the difference being the it's cheating tall minions it's not it's the same board yep. that drove me crazy with pirate warrior but now you have the eight eights with which almost no decks at turn four or five can really deal with, and Lothab just shuts that all down. Yeah, it's it's going it's here to stay. It's the best deck in the format. Those who are saying Rito Priest is better, maybe that was true, but things have evolved quite a bit in the last week, and I think it's something to keep an eye on. And I I mean I don't know what I'm going to do next month. I'm I'm and I'm. Serious, I might just rock Token Druid for the first few days um, and just suck up the L's against the priests because I, I can't stand it. I I don't I don't want to I can't play the deck. I don't I don't enjoy it, but I also don't like playing against it. So uh, we'll see. I, I I think that this will be a topic to revisit in future episodes because I think that we don't know what the future holds, but I I feel that it's going to become the deck of the format if it hasn't already well i I do think that that you you did have a solution to this meta and that was purchasing (laughs) a different game (laughs) i mean sure or play a different (laughs) format it seems like standard i don't play much standard but just seeing tweets there seems to be quite a bit of diversity there and you know, a pretty good Ungoro like meta with different different things. So if that's true, then hey, I mean, I've been watching know, some of the. Oh, sorry, uh, Pete, go for no, it. No, go ahead, Pete. All I was going to say is that I've been watching some of the GM stuff lately, and mostly it was just to get the Twitch drops. But um, but it was interesting. <laughs> and then you see those folks saying delete priest. That's been the, the hot thing lately. And uh, it's not nearly as oppressive as where we're at. I think they've got some some pretty, um, I don't know, like a pretty varied meta. It sounds pretty pretty good to me. Uh, honestly, I hope that Dark Clear becomes a problem in standard because we'll get a nerf a lot more quickly. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm always shocked that they haven't seemed to realize. Like any time we can get uh, cheat out things for zero mana like that's always a problem i mean we knew from the beginning that flesh giant was going to be good um and so i i don't know i i think if nothing else they should stop um you know or maybe that's not even a hundred percent of the problem i mean it's this mana reset mana reset um so. One one last comment and i know that you do want to move on so i apologize this is this is kind of the biggest red flag for me, why this deck is so busted. There are people cutting Tour Guide from the deck, saying Tour Guide's not good enough. 
Wow. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, Martian Boo. only tap once been, a turn. Yeah, Martian Boo, who's sitting, I think he was ranked six the last time I, I saw him queue into Cream Puff. I mean, he's kind of one of the biggest proponents saying that Tour Guide is bait. I mean, if Tour Guide is truly bait, I mean, that's where we are with the deck. So, I mean, enough said there. Pete, what did you want to add? So I, I was just going to say, you know, I think what Blizzard knows that we don't know, which I'm sure is a good health indicator, is how many instant concedes they're going to start seeing off Warlock. Right, and that's always something like in the back of my mind I consider when you see some of these decks that are so oppressive. Like what happened with Demon Hunter early on is like, not everybody likes playing. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't like playing Dark Lair Warlock. I don't want to feel like I have to neck, you know, net deck that to climb. So I play something else, and if I'm just instant conceding, like that's the kind of thing I think they get that sort of data, and I think those are the times when they might also step into like they can start seeing it's causing problems for the player base, not just yelling about it on YouTube or on our podcast, but like they will start to see when people are just done playing against that kind of deck, um, and hopefully they can they can make some small changes. They have been much I better. If they lately. track. I wonder if they track stats where people stop playing. Like, I remember back in the day, like, I'd queue into two big priests in a row that took, like, 30 <laughs> minutes, and then I'd not play the game for, like, three weeks. Like, I wonder if they track <laughs> that as well. They, yeah. they must. They probably have robust analytics, I, I, I would assume. So, I imagine they can as well. And I do know that uh, Cora in particular mentioned, uh, like, was it right before or right after uh, Skolomance dropped that uh, they are, in fact, paying attention to Wild. Um, so I have to imagine that they're seeing what we're seeing with Dark Lair Warlock. And yes, of course, our shouting into the void, yelling at the clouds. Um, <laughs> it, it's definitely um, a valuable voice in, in that, that conversation. I do think that when they're, they're looking at those stats, if they are paying attention to Wild like they claim they are, and I believe that they are, um, that we'll see a nerf before too long. Yeah, Sheep and I were joking here, like, this is why we have not uh, dusted our, our extra cards yet. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. That's funny. I, I couldn't resist. I hit the disenchant button last week. I had some gold cards to craft, and I couldn't I couldn't wait. So I, I'm out, guys. Sorry. And who remembers the last time I don't blame you. saw a Void Caller? How crazy is that? This right? Is it's too slow. You play it's Void Caller, it's turn four, the game's over. <laughs> game, game, the game's done. I mean, Q-Flock doesn't exist anymore. Because, Which is like, crazy, because that was one of, yeah. that's one of the longest-running greatest decks, and it's amazing to me because every time I still mulligan sometimes for Q-Block out of habit when I'm not really paying attention. How many years of practice where was that? The, and... and uh, Dark Lair comes down, and I'm like, nope, didn't think that one through. NVM. I saw someone pop off with it on turn two. They played, um, they, 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 they played, uh, they, they kind of discount, they pre-discounted the hero power and coined out the frickin' Dark Lair and then just started cycling. It was like, oh my god, like, just get me out of here. Wow. Bottom <laughs> right. Yeah, get me I, out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the pleasure yet, but I think the last game I queued into, I was playing uh, Odd Warrior against a Reno Priest, and it was like, okay, this is we're going to be here for a couple months. And <laughs> I ended up winning by the skin of my teeth, and it was only because I had 
you know, 30 health plus another like what 50 armor or something gross like that. They still got me down to like seven health. It was insane. Wow. And that's with me milling their um, win con, the, uh, the, uh, the one that does an extra four damage, whatever it's called. Oh, uh, the spawn shadows. Yes. Yes. I, it's just abs- absurd. Some of the, uh, the reach, but so Anyways. those who are looking to beat Darklair by not uninstalling or playing a different game and do not want to put themselves through the agony of playing Odd Warrior, uh, Corvette's Token Druid, I think it's Hazer, or not Hazer, Slate kind of tweeted out the list. I think Corvette might have also. It's I, in I our Discord. That, yeah. Well, oh, is it? it? Yeah, it, that, it is. Yeah. That deck has been my only positive uh, or consistent uh, deck against uh, Dark Lair, but it's—I I don't know—of all the token druid builds, it—I like it the best. It cuts the pirate, uh, the cans, and adds in some different things, and and I feel it plays quite well. Uh, I quite like it, so you might want to give that a shot if you're having the dark glare of blues. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, we've been on this enough. Let's. Um, I, I want to switch over into our like deck of the week. Before I do that, real quick, uh, I had been meaning to do this. We had a, a giveaway, and I wanted to announce the winners really quick. So um, there is that philosophy bundle that includes twenty packs and two guaranteed legends. Uh, we were going to give away one of those, and then our sponsor. Uh, Shokunin offered a second one. So we've got two winners. Um, I did this kind of in the background, but uh, pulled the random winners here. And uh, the folks that I've got are Zorb, HS, and Alekman14. So uh, I will be reaching out to you guys um, to hook you up with your bundles. And uh, if for whatever reason I have not heard from you, um, then I will be uh, finding other people. But hopefully... um, you guys are around. So congratulations on the uh, philosophy bundles. Thank you for um, subscribing to the YouTube and, and uh, hanging out with us um, on the show. So that being said, let us jump over into our deck of the week. And Sneaky Pete has brought a couple of different Shutterwalk decks, but I think the one that we're primarily going to be discussing is this charge variant. so I'm going to put the deck list up on the screen here. Um, it is a Reno build. And so these are all one ofs. Uh, for the folks who are listening to the audio version of this, I'm going to go ahead and read through the card list real quick. And then we can um, chat about this. This is hardly my area of expertise. So I will pass the mic uh, then over to Sneaky Pete. So here's the list. And, and again, these are one ofs. Uh, animated Broomstick, Burlock, Colt Neophyte, Devolve, Dirty Rat, Elementary Reaction, Murmuring Elemental, Sandstorm Elemental, Zephyrs the Great, Bog Slosher, Cold Light Oracle, Farsight, Lone Champion, Plague of Murlocs, Armored Warhorse, Hex, Lorekeeper, Polkelt, Omega Defender, Sand uh, Sandbinder, Anti Keelbot, Barista Lynchin, Big Ol' Whelp, Doppelgangster, Hagatha Scheme, Lotheb, Lotheb, Emperor Thorison, uh, Leatherclad Hog Leader, Reno Jackson, The Curator, and Shutterwalk. I like this list because there are cards in a year that I have not seen in a long, long time, and that makes me happy. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about this? What? How do you play it, and what is the kind of win con that you're looking for here? Yeah, so you know, I don't even remember when I got started with Shutterwalk. I was on the receiving end of Shutterwalk for a long time in Standard, and you know, you'd get locked and just get really frustrated. But I think 
I started playing it a while, and I want to say in standard early Galacron before the nerfs, I was still, you know, doing a lot of Shutterwalk stuff before the rotation. And so in the wild, I started creating a version that with the quest that was very quest-centric, this goal of double the battle cry, double all your battle cries, you know, get to Shutter, cause all this mayhem. Um, and, and there was a while in the meta that, in the wild that like it worked okay. And, you know, you'd have, you'd have your grumble turns and you'd get your hand reassembled and they'd added all this cool quest support, um, uh, like the, the draw card and then the four, two rush, like, so some really interesting pieces that, um, with battle cries that functioned in some ways really well with the quest. But as I'm sure anybody that's played kind of at a higher level knows, like, you're still you're not cheating mana for a long time into the game and you are um you don't have synergies until the end of the game you have a lot of battle cries but but you don't have sort of some of the same tribe synergies a lot of times with these decks and so one of the frictions is also like highland or not highland and, and in wild especially because this deck is something with the payoffs toward the end the reno healing turn became really important and i actually had some versions for a while when the pirates were so aggressive that I'd have a lot more um, taunts. So what this deck is trying to do is you're trying to assemble this complicated multi-part win system where somewhere around 9 or 10 or later in the game, you're able to drop Shutterwalk and you're replaying all of your battle cries, but you're, you're looking for some key battle cries. And so generally, most versions of Shutter are looking to lock the opponent out through Lotheb. I can't remember the, the guy that does 5-5 five, five, um, battle card, you know, cries cost 5 more. Um, maybe a ping with life drinker or a couple of pings with life drinker. Um, but you're looking to lock your opponent out and then get Shutterwalk back in your hand. And then a lot of times the tool for that was Grumble, um, this really powerful 7-7, seven, seven, everything goes back in your hand and, and costs one, right? So really powerful card. But what would often happen to me is I would have these games and I'd be kind of like within um, eyesight, you know, just, just within spitting distance of winning and something would go wrong with Grumble. Or my hand would get full because I had a, mm -hmm. I, my old versions had a lot of cards yeah. that would I was really strong at fighting the mid game because I was either doing a lackey version where I've got lackeys coming in and out with all these great you know abilities or some other cards that are bouncing everything back to my hand or you know you've got like Dragon Queen Alex Straws a lot of people are like why don't you run that and it's like well honestly like even if the dragons are one like I don't want anything back in my hand except Shudder and yeah. it's amazing how quick that can get out of control over the course of a 30 card game sometime when you're just trying to stay alive and you're you're doing a lot of bounce so really fun to play but then your win condition gets really scrambled so the other thing and this is kind of what led me down this path is like then then you'd have Grumble go and I'd lose I'd, I'd have built this enormous board through all these battle cries of all these like four two rush or other shutter walks I'd, I'd, I'd have this board that all of a sudden would be four five six minion wide sometimes and then almost all of them would die without room in my hand or go back in my hand and i remember thinking like well what if i could just fight with those like what if i was gearing this a little differently so when i went wide i also either had rush or charge and so i took a look then through kind of the neutral battle cries like what can take me to charge um, and then you, I had to say, well, what can make Shutterwalk big and not cost tempo throughout the game? And that's another big friction with this deck is like, how much tempo do you give up trying to assemble your win condition? But there's some really cool cards. Um, there's an elemental that gives you a uh, plus one attack per card in your enemy's hand. There's the dragon that does it for your hand. But the one that I found to be most consistent and best at tempo um, is a mega defender because you're really never dropping Shutterwalk usually before turn 10 anyway that says, hey, if you've got 10 mana, they get plus 10 attack. 
And that gets, that's a really interesting battle cry because now all of a sudden every shutter walk um, turn, I've got a 16-6 on the board. And then the other component you're trying to assemble is charge, right? So you're going to get charge. I've got two ways built into this. Um, one, I think, is sometimes not consistent enough. So I've got the leather clad, which says the opponent has six or more cards in hand. That's actually for a lot of the games you play by that point in the game. That, that can be pretty consistent. But the other nice thing about that is that can be certain. Like, you can look at your opponent's hand and, and know going into it if you're going to hit charge. The other charge card that I have in there is your Armored Warhorse, which is looking for a condition of do you have, if they two random cards out of the deck, which one's higher, right? Which one costs more? Is it yours or the opponent's? And it's a little deceptive because if there's a tie, you don't get it. So depending on the deck you're playing, that one's a lot less consistent. Um, but Armored Warhorse is a decent tempo card a lot of times if you get lucky on it and it's got charge. Like it's basically kind of like a, a you're dropping down almost a fireball. Um, so it's all of those things together. And then I'm still trying to get shutter back in my hand, but I've taken grumble out and now I'm trying to do it either through, um, the bounce of barista, which I've hopefully already played or one of the other bounce cards. And I'll vary between playing two or three bounce cards at that point, um, with the odds of getting it back in my hand. Um, what's cool about this though, and I know I sent you some screenshots to try to highlight this is there's a lot of games where I get a 16-6 with charge, but there's also a lot of games where I get three 16-6s with charge. And you do have to assemble a lot of pieces, but depending on how the game's going, Polkate makes that really reasonable. Now, I don't want anyone listening to this to get the sense that this is a, a new meta breaker. This is, this is nothing like that. This Highland Shaman deck, Shaman in general, the current meta, like it is, it is not an easy thing together, but it's really a fun deck where it actually performs surprisingly well is against certain control decks. So especially Reno Priest, believe it or not, because the way I have this built, there's a lot of disruption. So you're, you can grab a lot of combos and keys and pieces from the Priest. You can often make them overdraw, and then they don't often, if they haven't killed you, they really struggle with dealing with recurrent, big, charging shutter walks. Yeah. So... Couple, couple hot takes. One, Shutterwalk's my favorite card, so I applaud you, sir. Two, uh, looking at this, you know, how does this do against Dark Lair? I mean, <laughs> you've got no, no, ser like seriously, because you've got the freeze. Freeze is good. Freeze is giant. Stalls out a turn. You've got the Plague of Murlocs, which you know, obviously, giving them a Plague of uh, Board of Murlocs sucks. But if they've got four giants or three giants, then the yeah, Murlocs are better now, and it's actually a card I'll probably drop. So in this last expanse, oh. two expansions, they've created bigger Murlocs, they've created mush, Rush Murlocs, Death Rattle Murlocs, and so it isn't quite the simple math it was in the past because you are usually right. taking two to three, often, or, you know, like maybe a total of four stats away from each minion on average. That's not always enough. And the reason I had that in here for a long time is I was dealing so much with the Q-Block variants this can be devastating okay. against Q-Block or Res Priest or some of those other... Um, I don't do... This deck doesn't do great against Dark Lair because what it is missing... It does better not being a quest, which is something to be interesting to talk about because that was the quest was a trap for me for a long time and I saw my win rates go up a lot when I moved to a non-quest variant. I can, I can talk about that in a bit if you guys care why, but you probably understand why. Um, the version that does okay with Dark Lair is I, I, if you go go to a mid-gamier, spammier, lackier 
value generating version tied to a quest, you can have a really strong mid game. You just give up the cleanliness at the end of like, I routinely have really big shutters. They've often got charge. I'm fully healing and shutter walks back in my hand. Like that's a really fun win condition when you get together. And it doesn't feel as gross as some of the lock stuff, I guess, or seeing spawn of shadows fall out and getting pinged to death. Um, so uh, yeah, not doing great against circle. And I think one of the missing pieces is just AOE. Like the mm -hmm. common one for a long time was lightning storm, but what's the problem with lightning storm? A it's two to three, but B the over, um, the overload the next turn is devastating with as fast as the meta is. Like I, I see people run that in lists and I always wonder like, how are you handling in the early game, basically having to skip your next turn when they're going to yeah. rebuild the board. If you draw Hagathas, and that's the other problem with Hagathas, but I mean, between that and Volcano, I, I use, sometimes I run both, but often I go back to Hagathas. Like if you draw that early, my feeling is your win condition against aggro goes up quite a bit. Um, but if you don't, I, Dark Lord just gets too many stats too quick. And even if you can drop and do a full heal, you are not generating the board you need later. And I think one of the missing pieces generally of Shutterwalk is when they nerfed the 2 3 taunt guy, the. Sorry, Night Chain Gang. Unnerfed. Yeah. Okay, Ixar, you when watch they... this because this is the yep. best wild podcast. <laughs> unnerfed Sarah Night Chain Gang. You unnerfed freaking Raza. Right. So unnerf Sarnite and put patches back in charge. Ah, I like it. I like it. Sarnite is a strong tempo play, which Shaman doesn't have a lot of in those early stages. Like on, you know, sort of on the right mana cost tempo, really strong play. The problem is the most Shutterwalk decks now, where you're trying to reshuffle Shutterwalk, you're depending on Doppelgangster, which was probably a really strong class or a card, you know, back when it came out. It's too slow. I mean, you know, unless you're playing the right deck, it's a six mana or five mana, two, two, two. Like most decks just laugh at that. And so it is often a deck that'll sit in my hand until the end. And now maybe I'm playing Shutterwalk without that piece and I'm not likely getting Shutterwalk back in my hand. Um, Sarah Knight would change that if they, if they bring that back. I think, I think that would make a lot of Shutterwalk decks a lot more viable. Yeah, Doppelgangster feels so bad to drop. I mean, like, especially if you're not playing with any Evolve effects, which you normally wouldn't be in a deck like this, because that's not your game plan. Sarnite just stopped aggro. Mm -hmm. Doppelgangster just... It's just a necessary thing that you have to do that kind of kneecaps the archetype so much. So it, it, I completely agree. I'd love to see Sarnite get unnerfed. I mean, considering all of the... Someone made a comment in chat, like just re-nerf Raza. Don't don't open Pandora's box, man. We're living in a dark glare world, man. It's 2020. <laughs> that box that box was opened a long time ago. I mean, in a world where Raza's too slow, what difference does it make? Um, you know, but, that's funny. But anyway, Can we talk about the uh, what? I I don't even. God, I feel bad saying this, but I I. I'm not a huge shaman player. What what was the big change to Saranite Chain Gang? Was it that it copies a, it makes a copy of itself at the end of the turn or in so... standard it enabled kind of these infinite shutterwalk combinations with some of the other pieces you had because your battle cry is summon a copy of this minion. And mm -hmm. so you would in standard you'd play two versions of it or you'd try to bounce it and so you'd end up with four or five six shamans and it was just too much for people to deal with. But they're actually, funny enough, like in Wild, across all the sets, there aren't a lot of duplicate 
cards that do that and and very few that do it well but importantly very few that do it like it was a two three taunt but you got two two three taunts so like Mm -hmm. it's actually a pretty strong tempo play even now even in wild like it's a play i would love to make my turn fours that i don't have available um and so they made a change to summon another serenite specifically to kind of like indirectly nerf shaman price didn't have to refund a bunch of you know (laughs) that was the discussion (laughs) at the time right that nerf was made so they didn't have to refund shaman gold to everybody Additionally, they were they were actually also nerfing Rogue because um, Keliseth was buffing it, and so now and like you can buff hand buff however much Serenite you want. This one that the extra one that it poops out is still going to be a two three, oh. so it can be a four five, right? Um, the first one, but now the second half rather than also being a four five because instead of it being a copy of this minion, it's now a two three Serenite chain gang with taunt. I see. Imagine Keliseth being a playable card. Right? <laughs> That's just saying. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's funny because it's the Ambigan effect, which is now, you know, it's viable, but but in a very narrow construct. I, I'd like to see it be unnerfed. Shutterwalk decks have always been my favorite. And, and, and like, it wouldn't even be, I mean, at best, it would be a, a bottom tier three kind of deck. Uh, it just would slightly make uh you know you'd be playing with one less dead card and i say one less dead card because you know a lot of the combo activators are not impactful upon playing them and that's why i think this deck is really cool because you you do have a lot more impactful cards as opposed to going all in on the cycle um strategy and you don't have to pay as much attention to some of the pitfalls like the hand size so i i think that it's uh there's a lot of neat things going on with this I, I really like this deck too. The the one um, kind of question that that I had was the consistency, and and, and I haven't played with it, so I'm not sure. Uh, the consistency of being able to uh, get the leather clad hog leader um, to uh, activate, or that effect rather, to activate with Shutterwalk, uh, since it requires your opponent to have so many cards in hand. Um, I know that you do have the backup of the armored warhorse, uh, which if you win that joust. Then, then you also have a charge. But that, that's kind of the one uh, question that I had was the, the consistency with which you, you do get your shutter walks to have charge. So um, it's a good question. Later in the game, it, for most decks, a, a hand side of six is not that uncommon. Cool. Now, my version is doing something interesting too, which is that I am also usually forcing the opponent to draw two and I'm playing Lothep, which the combination of that is often enough to, um, to mean if, if the Shutterwalk doesn't get charged that turn, it's likely to have charge next turn, plus it's on the board and it's huge and they've got to try to deal with it. Um, the, the, and then the Broomstick is also really helpful because even if I don't have charge, Broomstick lets me come in and attack and clear the board and... Um, and ideally, I've healed along the way. But it is a good question, and I think you're right. I think there are plenty of games where they have four or five in their hand, or even with this deck, I often find I'm rushing to assemble my win condition, which means mm-hmm. that I am overdrawing, like the, the dragon that's in there that draws. I often don't want to play that if I don't have to, because once you start doing shutter turn after turn and drawing, if, if you are at a different fatigue state than your opponent, that can start to bite you. So... Um, I have found Hogsteed to actually be more consistent than the Armored Warhorse, and partially because you can tell if it's going to work before you play it. Right. Um, 
and it's actually, you know, it's funny, 6-6 six, six with charge is not a bad tempo play a lot of times. You know, it's it's there are better cards out there now, but like if the opponent's hand size is right, like it's it's a fireball that costs two more, and I don't mind that. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, I think that's one of the small things that affect this deck. And the other charge neutral um, choice is if your hand size, if your hand is zero, your the card gets charged as battle cry. Well, that's at least in how I've constructed this deck. I think that's basically impossible. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's a really good point. That leatherclad hog steeder ste- hog leader on curve is pretty great. Um, I mean, not the best, but it's a great tempo play and gets you towards your combo. Um, so that's a, a great tempo play. I really like the idea here of not clogging your hand because I, I mean, I enjoy the Shutterwalk decks and I think that's what I've experienced in the past. Um, that issue that you were talking about with grumble is that there are so many things that consistently bounce stuff back to your hand or make extra copies like, or cards that cost a lot that I was constantly dealing with hand size issues and wanting to bounce Shutterwalk, like copies of Shutterwalk, like that's awesome. But when I've got nine cards in hand, like that's super risky. And you play a grumble and then everything just dies. Like, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's why, you know, I think it's funny. It took me a long time to say, but like grumble was taking 20, 30 stats off the board for me. You right. know, now it's a one cost shutter. If I lined it up right and you lock it and everything else, like, yeah, you're carrying the game, but. But even sometimes, not always, because it could be that I'm playing Q block and they've got a bunch of huge taunts and, and you know, they're threatening me again in a turn. You know, I haven't actually locked them out effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's what some of like, you know, some of this was designed. If I'm putting them on the board, what if I can fight with them? What if I can hit face or if I can't hit face? What if I can at least smash their minions, force them to deal with it while getting one back into my hand, ideally? Um for the next turn and and that's fun and like i said when it works right it feels really good and you're not doing it turn after turn because you've got you know 40 i don't know if you still got the picture i sent you i could send that over again but like no, no, you can no, end yeah, up here with... let me um i'll put it back up on the screen let's uh there there it is yeah look at that that's crazy yeah wow. I, I did that one last night you know just to just to apologize i didn't ask whoever i was playing for permission to show that but you know i was just like that was a game that went my way and i was trying this out before we had this conversation and and like that worked out really well, but that's that's kind of the goal. That's why it's fun, and you know, the, like hundreds had versions of this forever with King Crush or some of these other cheating. So it's it was just looking at it more in that vein. And I think you don't have you don't have I feel like some of the weaknesses, some of those other ones where it's like you're tediously compiling this win condition and stalling. Like for the most part, what I like about this deck is you're kind of fighting turn by turn by turn. You're trying to find value. Um, you know, you can weave some of these things in right. You know, Emperor Thorissian can can be really important as your hand starts getting clogged, but um, you know, you're it it feels almost more like an arena deck with a fun win condition than it does <laughs> a wild deck. What did you did you hit legend with this or was it with something else? No, I've never hit legend. So I made it to with this one, I made it to Diamond Five and then I because I think you and I were both <laughs> I, I looked at the the Skullman's release and I was like I've got to get to legend before this drops. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I, cause like you could, I could just kind of get the sense that I was like, I was like, they just gave quest mage more tools. They've given some of these other decks more tools. Like, so I ended up doing most of my climbing with big warrior. Um, I did, I also did some Q block with some twists. I had somebody kind of coach me on that, which was, which was really fun. Um, 
and so I did my climbing there and then just kind of slummed it and, and got back to playing this. And then, and then, you know, some Reno priest and other things that were performing well, because while meme decks are really fun, it, you know, you can only lose so many games in a row before you <laughs> stop having fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what, yeah. that's what sheep and I both did. Uh, what was it? Day three, day four. I think you, you sheep had hit legend with, discard warlock on your lunch break got home from work then you and i did casually on the lunch break just casually <laughs> <But for> real, <laughs> though. uh and then you and i did co-op that night for i don't know a couple hours and i hit with the same deck that you hit with and it was great but then yeah i remember watching you hit yeah and it took me another night or two you know i was like right before the expansion i was like stand up later and i need to because i was like i gotta get this done but it, this isn't the deck that i would have been able to climb all the way there with like this is missing a few tools that i hope you get in you know, future expansions, like just even this expansion, mm-hmm. spell burst, awesome, awesome mechanic, right? Super fun. No synergy with Shutterwalk decks generally yeah. because it's not a battle cry. So it's it's things like that. Like if you had had some good strong, like I've been playing around. I'm like, man, what if you could get a good sort of spell damage battle cry Shutter? You know, the the but the the pieces aren't just there yet. Um, but like it's real. Like I said, for me, Highland deck, a lot of cards, something like this. It's really fun to play because you you just you're always sort of battling for board space for a long time until you finally get out the other end. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, I mean, one of the one of the detriments of this deck is like when I would lose a matchup, I'd often not hard tech like you'll see like I don't think I have weapon removal here. I rely on Zephyr, and if, if there's a ton of weapon, I'd add it. Um, but you know, I I would try to like put the card in that might make the difference in winning that matchup if it felt like it was like impossible. And so you end up with a deck that's decent um, at, I think, a lot of things, but that's, that's bad in a, in a meta that's refined because it, you, know, you, you need decks that, are, that have a really, really strong, clear win condition that's easy to execute, and this is just so many pieces to assemble. That's not always the case. Yeah. Well, it certainly so looks no, fun. <laughs> no cobalt sticky fingers then, huh? No, you know, because it's like, but here's the problem with that, with, with, I think with Kingsbane is like, what the heck does it matter if I steal it turn four or five and it's Highlander. So those decisions, I think have more repercussions sometimes because your odds of seeing a particular car go down, you're not running two of things. So if I don't steal that weapon till turn four or five, is that going to win me the game? It feels probably because they're going to insta concede, but in all seriousness, I'm just being cheeky. I, I think oh. that these tech cards are generally not an appropriate choice. Uh, sometimes they are. I shouldn't always discount them, but you know, it, it, it you don't want to pollute your deck with like that card that will work one time out of ten. Right. Right. Whereas I think some of the other weapon cards, like they're still decent tempo cards. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's two mana and I need to, and it's a battle cry and I'm going to replay it. But yeah, Sticky Fingers is something I've stayed away from. But partially also because as I've watched those games against Kingbane, even if I stole it, they usually had enough minions or enough damage um, that I wouldn't have been, that I, you know, I was still four or five, six turns away maybe from feeling like I was going to be back in the driver's seat sometimes um, because of how aggressive that deck is right now. Well, I, I like what you said about Zephyrus being that kind of slot, because what you're doing is you're increasing your deck's win condition rather than targeting one kind of like edge win condition that some of your opponents have. Um, and I think that's smart specifically for something like this. 
And the one thing I did sometimes tech a while back is, God, what's the guy, the four, six, destroy all spells that cost one or more. Because for a while I was Geist. seeing a lot of yeah. the Druid. Uh, uh, yeah, guys, because I was seeing a lot of the Druid Jade stuff. And, you know, I could recognize it wasn't the best choice, but some of this game is fun. And I think one of the things mentally that feel good for me is I queue up for Druid and I'm like, well, at least I have an answer in my deck. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I'd enjoy the game more knowing that I was driving toward an answer in the deck. And, and- Geist punishes quest or did punish quest mage. I'm not so sure how much it does anymore. I mean, it's not really it's too in the slow. middle. Like you know, it's it was. Funny. Yeah, I, 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 people think that, but the problem is, you know, quest mage, the way it's constructed now, has got these two win conditions. Everyone focuses on the quest being activated and giant di- and giants coming down, but because of flame walker, they have this other kind of crazy built in aggro, anti aggro win condition which is they can either get they can get that card assembled and start spamming you but mm. by turn six what one cost spells am i destroying that they need it whereas lotheb and i actually felt like one of the reasons we got the new three two and she's in here because on curve she's not bad cold neophyte my mm-hmm. feeling was cult neophyte was a soft nerf to quest mage that's why blizzard was throwing that our way that was just in my head because cards like that i feel like buy you those extra turns whereas you know, I, I very few games I've played with um, Quest Mage would I felt like Geist would have made a difference at that point, even on Curve. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, the the difference between running like a Skulking Geist versus running the Cobalt Sticky Fingers is that it, there's like a multi-purpose use. I remember yeah, yeah. having the same conversation when, uh, like, this is years ago when um, Secret Paladin. Um, was like the hot deck, you know, and uh, between that and kind of some secret mage, you know, people were running this like secret hate cards where you destroy the secrets or you steal the secrets. But it's like, hey, when you're um, when you're destroying a secret one game out of every five, like, is it worth it? Like, don't put that card in your deck. But I think where you have a card like um like Zephyrs or like Colt Neophyte where there's some multi-purpose use, I think it's better. At least you can say, hey, this is for multiple matchups instead of just one matchup. Um, but yeah, but, but think, anyhow, I yeah. Think you're right. And you know, the thing that I think is so cool about this is like I needed different tech cards when I was a newer player. And some of it was just in terms of, again, how I approached the match and how I felt about that matchup. But like if I came off a really bad victory or really bad loss, one of the things I, I think that's, the coolest thing that I think about Hearthstone is when you can build a deck that can beat any deck, like that they give you the tools to beat any deck, even if it means maybe I don't beat any other deck. Like I would like to be able to queue up against, you know, Jay Druid and know that I can win that matchup with a really high rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think makes it fun. But I think what you see, and this is like for me, like I don't think I'm on the same level as, as, as you guys are, but you, I, I start to more quickly hopefully recognize what cards are traps or feel good cards as opposed to consistent win more cards. And I mean, the nice thing about Highlander is, I mean, that, there's a whole other discussion is like, should this be a Highlander deck? Highlander gets you Reno, which is, can be really important hearing. Highlander gets you Zephyrs. And you almost end up Highlander sometimes in a way, I think, with how much, how many different pieces you're trying to assemble and what you're trying to make them do. That the times I've tried to say, hey, let's not make this a Highlander, let's have double heal bot, double. Some other things like I, I haven't felt like the win the win percentage was enough more to justify how much fun it is to play where you never know what card you're gonna draw. Yeah, I love Highlander decks for exactly that reason. 
I have a hope. There's definitely some spicy cards in here that I think are pretty fun. Sorry, Blue Train, what were you saying? Oh, they made a comment on the last um, AMA that gives me hope that they're going to unnerf a lot of the Descent of Dragon cards when they rotate to be wild exclusive, including all of the Galakon Shaman cards. I wonder if they do that maybe with a Sour Knight unnerf. You know, that might bring back an archetype that, you know, a Shutterwalk style deck that that may be able to be built differently. Yeah. Um, Before they nerfed all the Galakron cards, Frobro was playing a lot of wild Galakron Shaman, having a lot of success with it. I mean, they nerfed it pretty quick and pretty hard. Yeah. But I, I, I think that that will open up maybe some new uh, opportunities to think about building um, Shutterwalk Shaman differently, including yep. the Galakron cards. And, and I think it would work in a Highlander capacity as well. Well, and the nice thing there's like Serenite, you still probably want because bounce becomes important. But now you have 8 8 rushes in the Galakron build, which again, it's not crazy oppressive. And turn 10, a lot of decks can deal with that. But you know that was what was i found really fun about the galakron is you went through assembling all of that piece but shutterwalk gave you an ability to pull those monsters back out mm-hmm. um and that's fun i mean 8-8 with rush is fun and i think not not oppressive and wild in a way that it is a lot of other places so you know you're 100 right i mean the cool thing about shutterwalk is right it should be the most powerful card in in the whole game it says replay all battle cries you play you know like there's there's no card that says get all death rattles of all cards or replay all death rattles i mean and those i think do tend to be more powerful but um it should be the most powerful card period and i do know that limits their design space but what does it say about wild when it's uh it's it's not even i mean (laughs) you know priest has has reno raza hunter has rexar as an unlimited late game value generator warriors got the, the the button that they get on turn one i mean it the shutterwalk uh shutterwalk represents that that win condition that shaman has for a, a late game play that that's their only that's their only option and it's awesome but i'd like to see it be more viable than it is because you know right now the only real viable shaman decks are ones that that cheat out minions really quickly or close the game out really quickly and 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 you know Maybe I'm speaking to, with my inner wild card here, but I'd like to have a viable control shaman with a late game finish. I, I, I really yeah. want to see that. No, I, I, yep, I think viable. you're 100% right. I think, and I think it'd be good for the meta. And that's that's what this was sort of built toward, is mm-hmm. something that could disassemble control decks, fight the control battle, have this great win condition at the end. But the challenge, right, is surviving to get there, and I'm just not 100% sure... I'm not 100% sure that Shaman has those tools right now. But, you know, we may get them in other expansions, and we'll get to have a call about how oppressive <laughs> Shutter while you can dream, right? <laughs> you can definitely dream. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that'll keep um, the unnerfs to uh, the uh, Shaman Galakron from kind of running away with it is um, the fact that all of the invokes are battle cries. Right, um, so you're polluting your your board with two ones on top of the the eight eights. So um, that's true. You can do the one. The, there's a lot of battle cries that do one damage to all minions. So depending on how you structure it, 
Ah, there you right. Go. So you, especially because now you're probably going toward quest. You're going to mana cheat. You're going to try to double it. But but it, now you can get a full board of eight eights and get rid of those little guys probably. But the the one nerf I really want to see right is that free spell go down to one. Like man, like that was such an awesome little tiny control ping, and at two mana, it's just not viable. Forgetting that spell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I I. I... I always applied any Shutterwalk uh, deck that I see. I'm definitely going to uh, give it a spin, especially since I, I feel like I've got nothing nothing else to do this season. <laughs> I anxiously dread ladder to reset. So uh, uh, well, give, give, the, give me something to yeah. try. Yeah, I'd love to play And it actually it's really fun against Reno Priests, unless they hit every card on the button. Like that's, They always I, do. I feel, <laughs> uh, no, this one I would say this is once you get used to it, I would say I win 50, 60% of the time, which feels really good knowing how good Reno Priest is. It's yeah. yeah. But, but it, once you drop Shutter, they're really on the way out. You're healing, but then it's, it's the Dirty Rats and some of the other tools can keep them on kind of the back foot for a bit. Mm-hmm. Because you're not really building a big, big board, which is what a lot of their spells are there to deal with. And so what Reno Priest often doesn't do unless Dirty Rat goes wrong and pulls something huge out, which, you know, of course happens sometimes, is 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 you're still safer to assemble your win condition against something like Reno Priest in those, you know, the turns three, four, five, six, seven, and that's dangerous with a stack, if that makes sense. Because I can, I can the, the charge minions with no problem, and they've got a deal... So the Warhouse can come down, the Hogseer can come down, the Doppelgangster can come down, and yeah, they can clean them all up, but but it's okay that I'm not putting pressure on them there because it's all coming. Does that kind of make sense? Like that's where I think that this has, you know, pretty good, pretty a pretty good chance with Reno Priest because I don't care that they're clearing those. What they're not doing is smacking me in the face. Mm-hmm. Now it makes makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I like it. Uh, this it's a really interesting deck, and I think that um, I don't know. I'm just excited to try it. So for the folks listening, um, we uh, have started doing something with this show where we will um, the deck that we discuss on the show will also do some co-op games afterwards. And so if you're listening to this um, and you want to see the deck in action, if you um, if you go over to our YouTube channel, you can watch us uh, play the deck, see how it goes, learn kind of the ins and outs. It's a little bit easier, I think, for us to chat about the deck in terms of like mulligans or matchups when we're actually seeing them as opposed to, I mean, we could talk about it hypothetically right now, but not. Um, it's not quite as easy as when we're, um, I don't know, playing things uh live so anyhow i mean this is really exciting though i i think this is this looks really fun and um i don't know that's that's what we're looking for right when the meta gets stale we we want to play something that that is fun and and entertaining so um anyways before we kind of wrap up the main part of the show is there anything else that you want to say about this deck in terms of you know what you're looking f- to to typically keep in the mulligan or any sort of um, you know card interactions here that would not be 
I guess, yeah. you know, seen on, on firsthand uh, yeah, on combos yeah. or whatever. I mean, real briefly, right. For me, a lot of times the thought is, am I facing it? Like, is it control? Is it aggro? What am I going to deal with? So the meta helps a lot. Like, if I'm going to hang on to Hex or I'm going to hang on to Devolve, right, those are decisions I'm usually making if I think that I need to transform something to avoid, like, a death rattle or something that's going to keep gaining value on me. And, and I don't, like, right now in the meta, those aren't necessarily cards that I, I necessarily super want. Um, so a lot of times when I look at it, it's just, can I play it? Can I hit it? Can I get tempo? The the card value here, like it trends a little bit toward the lower side as 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 I'm I'm trying to get out on the board. Um, you know, things that I see that I always keep, like Zephyrs, of course. Um, I will keep uh, Hagatha's scheme, and then I'll often keep Polk Heat. And then otherwise, if it's bigger than that, I'm throwing it back. I mean, okay. most of the time, if it's if it's if it's bigger than you know one of those, like Polk Heat, I'll keep just because of. I may not even play him on four necessarily, but he's such a powerful card. And I actually think has, has ticked the win condition up a bit because if I drop him, if you look, and, and Curator, we can have a whole another time. A like Curator is not an essential card. Curator was a way to try to tutor certain cards, lighten the deck, get good cards. It's got taunt, but not be putting myself in an overdraw, if that makes sense. like That's why you don't yeah. see some of the real aggressive draw cards here is because that can bite you toward the end when you want to keep shutter in your hand and not jump into fatigue like crazy so um so i'm i'm trying to keep the smaller cards um i'm trying to hope i can get to turn three or four um and then start dropping things that the opponent kind of has to deal with but with the nice thing with the deck is i don't care clear it every turn like i don't care i'm building toward that win condition but when you drop polkate if you don't have shutter walk already maybe you hit curator usually drawn some of these but usually i'm only a turn away for from reno and Reno can be super powerful, as you guys can imagine, in this meta. Being able to drop him on curve five, six, seven can can really get you the legs you need sometimes. So, um, so yeah, that's it. It's mostly just you know, can I play it soon? Um, and so I'm usually tossing big things back. Okay, uh, that makes sense. I mean, and so what is the ultimate win condition here? Because I know that we're not looking to play Shutterwalk on curve, right? I mean, we want to have a handful of things played ahead of time. Right, yeah. Defensive Shutterwalk means everything has gone really poorly. So the <laughs> win condition you're trying to assemble is that you are trying to land a Shutterwalk that hopefully has charge, that's hopefully big, but that also hopefully gets back to your hand so you're locking and so you're trying to do a lot of things, and that's that's not always a great place to be in this game, especially if you're under a lot of pressure. But the doppelganger means you're going to have three shutter walks. The um, the uh, the hog leader, right? Hog leader should mean a lot of times that he's got charge. If not, broomstick means that he's probably got rush. Um, and then Lotheb and Colt Neophyte get really important. And the funny thing is the two of them are really important and made me feel less like I need to be trying to double this. Although some games you get lucky, bounce it back to your hand, play it again, and they're totally locked out. But those two take a lot of the five mana full clears off the board now. So the because you're now increasing the cost of spells by six, um, that actually moves Brawl and other things out of the way. So I'm trying to land them. I'm trying to fight for the board. I'm trying to limit my opponent's turn to deal with them. And I'm healing the whole way. And I'm making them draw. I'm drawing two, but I'm making them draw. And normally late game, that's pretty significant pressure. And if you've got most of this lined up by then and survive till then, you're not in a bad position normally. You know, Even if it's a 16-6 charge shutter walk, like that's a heck of a thing for an opponent to deal with when all their spells cost five more. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> That's exciting. You know, I don't know. I'm really I can't wait to play this. So this this looks super fun to me. I don't and I, I mean, honestly, I like the idea of, I mean, it's almost a, you say you call it like defensive shutter walk, but it almost feels like a tempo deck to me where you're, a lot of the stuff like you can play sort of on curve. Um, right. You want to be able to hit, a, a re, re, you know, the problem, you just can't, you're cheating so much mana at the end, but only at the end. And that's why you see cards, you don't see a lot of people play like Lone Champion, but Lone Champion against Pirate Warrior, it doesn't do as much against Dark Lord, but Pirate Warrior coming down to turn two or three, Lone Champion can be a pretty strong card because it's it's you know it's good stats. Now it's got Divine Shield. Now it's got Taunt. They've got to deal with it. Um, it has some symmetry coming back then to the Shutter Walk when you drop it down. If if that triggers before you um, you know you summon something else, that makes it really hard for your opponent to deal with. Um, you know, Zephyrs is good for clears. You've got Bogs. I mean, a lot of games, if they're not under pressure, I will often wait further than I need to for Zephyrs, or I'll drop it early to get what I want. I'll pop it back in my hand or, you know, try to try to move it back and forth. Um, but the cards in the four, five, six mana slot, like Doppelgangster doesn't have tempo. The others are pretty good. And if you're lucky, the other thing that I would say just a tip is don't be greedy with Barista. You want the battle cry. If I can get one or two decent things back in my hand, that's great. She's awesome turn 10, or I mean 10 mana turns, because I can drop her in Lothab or her in another 5 cost. But if I'm just even putting one or two or three of these things back in my hand with her, I'm really happy because I'm doubling those battle cries. And, and that, um, But it starts to be a lot of value. So that that's I don't like to drop her alone if I don't have to, but I think some people can be really greedy with her. And if you're getting one card back off her, that's pretty good value. Gotcha. Um, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's really tempting sometimes to to like want to be greedy, especially in this type of deck. But I like hearing uh, your kind of response to that. It's like, don't be too greedy. Um, yeah, Nate, don't be too greedy. But greed is good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing uh, I make a lot, I'll say with this deck, the one that comes up a lot is the thing I double the most, I should say, um, with my Murmuring Elemental is actually the Cold Light Oracle. And that's going to sound pretty counterintuitive, but it's it's so common that um, that you'll have both in your hand for some reason, but also that um, you'll be playing a control deck that has like eight, nine, ten cards, and you won't. So, like, sometimes a really good play for me is Coin, Murmuring Elemental, and Cold Light Oracles. And I've done three cards from my hand to draw four, but they were at eight or nine, and so you know you're burn, in a position yeah. now where. 10 15 percent of the time maybe you're burning one of their win conditions it's not maybe 20 it's not higher than that like i know get people get really excited but and you're frustrating them because now they got to dump their hand because they think it's going to happen again um and so that's that's one of the key plays that i really often like when that comes around and now i'm filling my hand up and like one of the reasons i switched to this from quest is for me it seemed like win rate that one i was often seeing the card i wanted to see without quest whereas quest was filling one of the cards in my hand and and i know i've seen a lot of people write and talk about that because it seems like this is the kind of thing where doubling the battle cry should be really powerful but the way this deck is structured there are not actually that many times that i have the mana or interest in doubling the battle cry i'd rather drop two cards to build toward my win condition if that makes sense i know it probably sounds weird because i spent a lot of time playing this as a quest deck but I've been happier now with the cards I have with, with it not being quest. Yeah. Um, and like I said, the other huge difference thing for a lot of people is I don't have grumble in this because I've just built this massive board through battle cries. 
you know, the, the thought was, why are those all going back in my hand? Even though they're cheap, why you am I taking them? Face. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Well, and for the folks that are watching or listening, um, you did provide me with the with your Quest uh, version, and so I'll throw that in the show notes if anyone wants to try it. It's a different style for sure, and we don't need to really talk about it here, but um, but a, a different style of play if anybody's interested, for sure. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a really fun value mid game the Quest thing with the lackeys, like you just go go go. Just very <laughs> better players make pull this off very hard to assemble the win condition you often need against true control decks at that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, all right. One other question. One, one other question for you. What, uh, I guess why is Emperor Thorison in here and when do you drop him typically? Is it just to reduce the, the cost of all the stuff in your hand? Yeah. yeah great question. So he's there because you as much as i've tried to tend this to, toward a low curve you've got a lot of five six ish mm-hmm. cost minions um and that's slow because now you're playing you know often one of those a turn and this is a deck that you know reno priest or some of the other de- control type decks you're you're you still are kind of racing like you're still trying to get to that locked out tempo position where you now can sort of make them react to you and you're putting a lethal threat on the board every turn and so he is really good at that, and he's a must-kill. He almost is like a quasi-taunt card, I think, for a lot of purposes. Oh, for um, sure, yeah. And so because of that, just that one-mana reduction often makes it work pretty well. The only thing <laughs> that you need to watch now, right, is, is, is Lucia, that you are not setting up a really good turn for Priest. You know, So if you're <laughs> playing a Priest, that's the only thing I'd say to pay attention to. Um, and I think that's just, just sort of just a general tip that works well, for anybody, is too many reductions leaves them a really, really good hand to grab. Um, but that's why he's there. Is just you know that's often a turn, hopefully six move if you've got it. If you're not being super pressured, or if you want him to deal with it, and now you can start getting the rest of your hand kind of cleared out, battle cries triggered, moving towards your win condition. And if you're in a position where you can afford to be this greedy, then murmuring elemental and or shutterwalk. If one of those get t- takes a tick, then you can double all the battle cries from your Shutterwalk, which... 100%, absolutely. And you also, like, if you use that same logic and reduction, you can also be positioned to put Shutterwalk, like, manually back in your hand from another card if you've reduced it. Like, you can use one of those return-to-hand cards if if you've Mm -hmm. dropped him and reduced it. But just in my playing, and at least playstyle, that stuff hasn't come up as as often as, right. as I sort of expected it to. So what it, what it really is, is now I'm getting a six cost and five cost out on the same turn, or I'm just, my, again, I'm, I'm emptying this, what it sometimes feels like a very thick hand, because maybe I've Zephyred and I'm holding something interesting and big, or I drop Barista, got some great value back, <laughs> but it's thick value, and I can't, you know, it, it's only, you can't get rid of five cost minions that quick in this game, as you guys know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Every single gangster costing five. <laughs> yeah, it's just just watch your opponent laugh when that comes down and their whole board is full. Well, this is super cool. I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, 
I think we, we've been at this for uh, a little over two hours now. We're at about 2.15. So I think it's probably a good time for us to to sort of start winding down the show. And then if anybody else is interested in, in staying and watching or uh, checking out the YouTube co-op later, we, we will play uh, a few rounds of this and, and kind of talk through some of the plays so you can see it in action. Um so uh, unless anybody has any final words, I think I will kind of move us into the sign off. Do you guys have any parting shots or are we good to go? We're good. Yeah, thanks for doing this, Nate. Great show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I was super excited to have you on. I really appreciate it. Uh, so Sneaky Pete, um, I know you're not uh, real big on social media. Uh, welcome to our Discord. That's It's very, been fun to have you. Um, are you, uh, uh, if people are looking to find you, is there, um, a way yeah, that you... I mean, I'm I, the only place I'm at is, uh, you know, I'm on Battle.net, and I think, I think it's sneaky Pete 77. I think that's right. So sneaky and then P E T E 77. Um, uh, I think that's right. So, um, always happy, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it's really fun talking to other wild players about kind of what they're doing or how they're tweaking things and, and stuff like that. So, and I, I do, I'm on some of the reddits every once in a while. So, so I'll, you have to be very brave to visit the, the, <laughs> the Hearthstone subreddits for sure. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get yourself into there for sure. I have learned if you say anything about quest mage, you just get firebombed to death. So, <laughs> positive negative or or, anything negative anything anything negative they like their quest mage on reddit wow what a weird place (laughs) (laughs) right right i mean you think it would be the opposite Uh, anyways it doesn't matter i wonder what would happen if you say anything about dark glare in three weeks time on uh on reddit (laughs) that's i guess we'll see one way to find out (laughs) right we'll have to do a little Uh, social experiment here prefer not to know that's funny well sneaky pete yeah thank you so much for joining us really appreciate having you on um blue train for those people who are looking for you where can they find you twitter is probably the best place um that's where i'm more most active these days b-l-u-t-r-a-n-e um and uh if i ever do decide to do a rare stream i'll i'll announce it there I just want to also use this opportunity to plug my friend 3E underscore Anura once more, who's really trying hard to get his stream off the ground. Double top 100 legend this month, playing Odd Shaman. Uh, super cool guy, really worth checking out his stuff. Uh, great content. Uh, so, yeah. And I will definitely second that. We had him on the show a while back. He's a super nice guy. He's an incredible player and has taken um, essentially like an unheard of deck and now is top 100 legend on multiple servers. Like it's just incredible Uh, and super nice guy. And he's making also really quality uh, YouTube content. So I have to second second you there. Um, Electric Sheep City, where can folks find you? Of course, you can always find me on twitch.tv slash electric sheep city or on Twitter at eSheepCity. They, they don't don't let me have enough characters for electric sheep city over there. So alas, a crime, shame, 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 uh, folks, if you're uh, if you're looking to find me, I'm most active on Twitter. It's at Nate Wolf 
TCG, N-A-T-E-W-O-L-F-E-T-C-G. Uh, as far as the show, uh, you can find everything Born to be Wild at borntobewildhs.com. Uh, we've got a very active Discord community, which has been a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, so there are links to that from the website. Um, we, uh, we are on Twitter. You can email us. Uh, we, all of our content goes on YouTube. So um, the video version of the show will be up on YouTube. The co-op portion will be up on YouTube and other little tidbits uh, throughout the week. Uh, I know Mike has been producing Tavern Brawl videos. Um, and we've been doing some other stuff. We put the parody songs up there and some other things. Uh, but primarily, uh, borntobewildhs.com is where you can find um, all of the fun stuff that we make each week. And then, um, let me see here. Uh, oh, you look that up. I would like to thank you for uh, hosting this show, Nate. Uh, you do a, a fantastic job and are quite laudable at that. So thank you very much for putting this together. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, we like to uh, wrap up the show with a, a little tiny piece of unrelated advice. Now, um, it is uh, 9.30 p.m. Pacific time, but it is now uh, 12.30 in the morning Eastern. That being said, I have not had dinner yet, and I'm looking for a midnight snack. So I am curious what you all uh, like for your midnight snack. I'll start out with you, Blue Train. What is a good midnight snack that you recommend? Potato chips, plain. I like ruffles. I don't know if you have those in the states. Oh, I yeah. I eat too many too many potato chips. I like the ones with less salt. Not because I'm trying to be health conscious. They're potato chips, but I find them more enjoyable. Yeah, ruffles have, have ridges. <laughs> That's true. For your pleasure. <laughs> okay, this is Born to be Wild HS, not Born to be Wild. This is born, you guys started it. I just finished it. <laughs> born to be Wild after dark. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's 12.30 in the morning. Oh, sheep, how about you? Uh, um, I live in Texas, uh, so it will come as no surprise that I say Bluebell ice cream is my go-to. Oh, very good. Very, very good. All right. I like that. I like that. Sneaky Pete, what about you? It would definitely be barbecue potato chips, kettle cooked barbecue potato chips. Now we're talking. (laughs) Wiser words were never spoken. And you heard that on Born to be Wild. Walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's only me and I hunt alone. I walk this empty town, I'm Rex and I will hunt you down. No one is around, and I'm the only one and I hunt alone. I hunt alone, I hunt alone I hunt alone, I hunt alone My helper's the only one to charge beside me Misha and Leach are here to guide me Sometimes I wish someone out there would fight me Till then 
Down the line, call her fur and Misha to my side. And we're doing fine on the edge and where I hunt alone. Don't know who will win, but now it's time to let the hunt begin. Murloc Tiny Quinn <laughs> is really cute, but still I hunt alone. I hunt alone, I hunt alone I hunt alone, I hunt alone My helper's the only one to charge beside me Misha and Eliak are here to guide me Sometimes I wish someone out there would fight me Till then, I hunt alone Walk this empty town, I'm Rex Oren. I will hunt you down. No one is around, and I'm the only one, and I hunt alone. My helper's the only one to charge beside me. Misha and Leak are here to guide me. Sometimes I wish someone out there would fight me. Till then, I hunt alone. 